can people play along at home? Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, January 12th, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 373. This is No Agenda. Defying electability from Camp Mofo here in Austin, Texas, the capital of the Drone Star State. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And on Garbage Day here in Northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. Stinger. Hey, we're synced up. We have the same Garbage Day now. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, so we can remind each other. Hey, yeah, man, hey man, did you like put the trash out? Women who live in the same dorm room. <laughs> did you put the trash out? This is my job, by the way, the, the trash. She doesn't contribute to the trash removal? No, that is my job. I do trash removal. That's uh-huh. the one thing that has really set my job, trash removal. That's okay. Well, that's kind of what we do on this show. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Hello, everybody. In the morning to you there, Johnny boy. In the morning to you, Adam Curry and all ships at sea and all the boots on the ground and feet in the air. And, of course, uh, our human resources all charged up, ready to go in the chat room at noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. Uh, let me just check and see if we have a quorum. Uh, we do indeed. People are tuning in. We always do the program live on uh, Thursdays and Sunday mornings. And uh, that's at 9 o'clock, Gitmo Nation West time. And you can listen to it streaming live, which some people apparently find entertaining. Yeah, I was baffled by people who insist on listening live. Well, we insist on doing it live. Yes, we do. So, you know, that's like, uh, I like it. I, I, and I think people also enjoy the pre-stream and our little banter before we get started and all that stuff. And this, this As long as the pre-stream doesn't hit the floor. <laughs> uh, John, please, uh, would you mind? I'm on a roll. Yeah, you are. Oh, I'll give you another little. <laughs> would you mind stepping into the time machine once again, John? Okay, here I go. Okay, you're in, and here we go. Let's go back to the previous program where we discussed the New Hampshire primaries. But uh, from a perspective of someone who might be a professional in the field that's analyzing what what they've seen so far without hearing the last debate, uh, I would suspect that Romney will win with a large portion of the vote, and the three... Other guys will kind of split the, the second half of the. In other words, I think uh, Santorum, maybe Gingrich, and Paul will each have about the same amount, and then twice as many votes for Romney. He's a local boy. It's a local election for him. Yeah, because he's from <clears throat> Massachusetts. Yeah. Well, if I were to produce this. And uh, and by the way, I'd have some of the Hooters girls uh, uh, at the convention during the uh, the caucus, just walking around. Um, but if I were to produce this, and I, I want to have a good news show, uh, I agree. I'm going to say uh, Romney forty percent. Then I'm going to say Ron Paul second, and it will be. You're right. It, it will be a, a significantly smaller percentage, and uh, this will show because we can't sub twenty. Yeah, sub-20. I'm thinking somewhere in the 15 to 18% range. Uh, Gingrich falls off the radar, uh, but right behind uh, Ron Paul will be uh, Santorum. With like 1%, it'll be a race between Santorum and Ron Paul, and then upset, uh, we'll have Huntsman as third. There you go. Well, I think we, uh, except for the Ron Paul got 23% instead of 15 to 18, I think we pretty much called it once again, John. 
Yeah, I think uh, we, we may have miscalled it. If we take a listen to, uh, let me get the right clip here. Uh, you caught me off guard. I'm trying to see if I have this right. <laughs> oh, yeah, clip. I caught you off guard. We Once again, we predict a television show's outcome, and you don't think that's going to be the first thing I'm going to do in the show. I caught you off guard. Uh, I'd play uh, Take Ron Paul Out of the Equation, because this is what really happened. <laughs> With Mitt Romney's victory in the bag, the only question yeah. that remained last night... Who would be the first pundit to dismiss Ron Paul's second place finish? NBC News can now project uh, that Ron Paul will finish second. If you take Ron Paul out of this, what would have happened to Huntsman? Huntsman is the real second here. No, you can't. You're not allowed to just take Ron Paul out of this. <laughs> I, I, I opted not to use that clip, so I'm kind of glad you did. Well, I... I that, Lawrence O'Donnell is such a douchebag. <laughs> Hold on. That, that, he, that he would do this. But I also have another good. The reason I kept it in because I have a different clip from him where he's like lecturing the Republicans on what, you know, especially about this Romney Bain Capital thing, which is a which is bullshit. Who cares? Yeah. But play the this is another Lawrence O'Donnell douchebag clip where he goes on. That's what triggered me to keep this other clip. Wealth. And Newt Gingrich is asking how many people could have kept their jobs if Mitt Romney was willing to make a couple of hundred million dollars less than what he made at Bain Capital. If Newt Gingrich stops talking about this tomorrow, if Rush Limbaugh scares him into silence on this, Newt Gingrich has already done an admirable job of forcing Republicans to think about something they don't like to think about. The difference between doing something that the doing the between the right to do something between doing something that the doing the between the right to do something and doing the right thing you kind of botched the end of that uh, thing he just, I, I exaggerated by rerunning it the guy is unbelievable you know the the sad thing is is this uh, this virus this uh, this well it's not really a virus. It's, of course, because they actually are very afraid of what's going on here is spreading. I have, uh, I have a couple of things also from around the world, just so we can hear from uh, how this is being perceived in other Gitmo Nation states. This first, though, is Dana Bash uh, on uh, CNN. The alien woman. Yeah, she's, she is reptilian, uh, but they didn't finish her yet. She, you know, if, if she puts, you know, they need to put, you know, plump up the cheeks a little bit, and then she won't they look quite as get her a little more human, yeah, looking. more humanized. Listen to what she, now she is a member of the mainstream media, but listen to the words she uses because they matter in this uh, report where she's talking to Wolf. Now, for now, obviously, they are very much focused on getting out as many voters to the caucus sites across the state as possible tomorrow. I still am hearing from Republicans, John, who are affiliated with other campaigns that they are amazed at how wonderful, frankly, that they say the Ron Paul organization is. We'll see if that actually bears out tomorrow. Uh, but in terms of the long long term, there's there's no question. I'm sure you talk to Republicans who are worried as well, just like I am. What? Uh, that Ron Paul will continue on long into the uh, into the spring and summer, even further, even if he runs as a Republican or as an independent, he could really hurt whomever the Republican nominee is, because still nobody thinks, even if he does well here in New Hampshire, that he will ultimately be the nominee. Now, I clearly heard her say that a lot of Republican strategists are worried, just like I am, 
that Ron Paul hey, can will. You, can you replay that? Yeah. Who are worried as well, just like I am. Wow. <laughs> Holy mackerel. And that's that a reporter? That is already the clip of the day. Oh, really? Oh, okay, well, I'll that's take that. That's a great catch. Clip of the day. Oh, that's well, a great you. catch on bias. That's amazing that you could, I mean, that's the problem that we have. I mean, I have a thing here, just to, just not, I want to change the subject because I want to go back to it, but just talking about this double talk and the double standards and this, in, and the media bias. Listen to this Rick Santorum clip on assassinations where he, where he, uh, let's make sure it's the right one. Um, yeah, the Rick Santorum clip on assassination. And then they tell me where, where you see the double talk. We've got problems. There was a nuclear scientist no, no, who was. No, no, no. It may be uh, more Santorum doublespeak. Is that the one you're thinking about? That would about? be it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll pull you that. Iran must not get a nuclear weapon. And we will go about whatever it takes to make sure that happens. That's right. <laughs> to make sure that happens. You mean that they do get a nuclear weapon? Or they do do get it. Or they, or do, they do less not, less not less less weapon. less more. Uh, <laughs> let, less, listen to that. Let me listen to that again. Like Iran must not get a nuclear weapon, and we will go about whatever it takes to make sure that happens. <laughs> that you know, I got so much uh, Iran and Syria stuff because uh, Lucifer, clippity clop, Clinton uh, and uh, and Anne. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Susan. Susan Rice were uh, were out in full force, but j- just a couple. Well, I want to get I want to get to this one clip since we're still talking about the because uh, we'll get off this soon. Yeah, no, I, I have a couple world clips too, and then Ron we'll, we'll Paul move on. thing. Okay, yeah. well, I want to play what you know. Talking about sinking to the lowest of the low, Jay Leno has uh, this kid, this idiot kid, who uh, comes on his show and 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 talks and he wraps up the news on the candidates. Oh, wait, it's not. It, it's not. Uh John, is it the who used to work for Howard Stern? No, no, no. That's not John. John? I, think he, no. I don't think he works for Leno anymore. Oh, okay. No, I'm talking right. about a kid, like a nine-year-old. Oh, okay. Who comes on and he makes these? And now, tell me, you listen to this. He, I get I, first. There's a setup with one guy, and then he goes into discuss the little idiot kid discusses Ron Paul. And tell me that this isn't like a, a w- weird kind of sick media bias. It's diversity, opinions, faith. Rick Santorum talks more about God than his economic plan, but God is a good thing. because God is what created people, and I think people really look up to him a lot, and. I think that he is speaking a lot about God to make other others feel good about it. Do you believe Governor Romney now when he says that he is a man of constancy and that he'll stand up for conservative principles? You know, I think this whole discussion so far has been very superficial. And I think the question in a way that you ask is superficial and that you're talking about character, which is very I important. think Ron Paul is like I mean, this is 86 years old. Oh, man. Um... I hope it's close. I have no idea. Ron Paul, he probably takes more naps than I do, though. Governor Perry, we know you have differences with President Obama, but who's got the better of this argument right here between okay, Senator and Governor? Yeah, so more ageist crap. <clears throat> and by ageist the- crap. And by the way, that was that piece with the little kid was edited. Severely. To those two yeah, clips. They chose those two clips overtly. This is not free form live TV. Um, I have noticed, though, whenever they talk about uh, Congressman Ron Paul, it's always like the 76 year old congressman. They don't say, yeah. you know, about Mitt Romney, the 52 year old uh, governor. They don't say that. They don't say that. So that's, uh, you know, it's, it's pure ageism. 
Uh, Brit Hume. <clears throat> Brit Hume. Uh, you, this one uh, circulated around the net quite a bit. Now, senior political analyst Brit Hume with some thoughts on this evening. Hi, Brit. Hi, Brett. I just, my thought would be, obviously, we have an important win for Romney in New Hampshire. Proves once again that the New Hampshire primary matters and matters a lot. Uh, the, the poll showing is interesting because I think he'd, it's, a, it's a perhaps a closer second than many of us thought he would achieve. But I, I continue to believe, and I think most observers do, that he's got about as much chance of being nominated as RuPaul would. And Jeez, how low can you go? I mean, but by the way, the science is in. Most people agree. Now, I mean, so he apparently, as a as a journalist, went to these other. Let me just say, hear exactly what he called them. I believe, and I think most uh-huh. observers do that. He's uh, a- most observers agree that uh, RuPaul has a bigger chance of becoming the candidate. So that's a fact. Huh? It's so a he's fact. actually gone around and asked. Yes. Him. Well, I think RuPaul, and they all know who RuPaul is, of course. So that's very, sure. yeah, very, very good. Let's go around the world. Um, first, let's go to our uh, neighbors in Canada. Um, and I received this clip from one of our Canadian uh, producers who was appalled because, of course, the Canadians are pretty proud of their news, uh, uh, falsely and uh, in, uh, incorrectly proud of their news. This is from the CBC uh, who uh, characterized uh, uh, Dr. Ron Paul. Tonight we made history. Mitt Romney won all right, as expected, and this time by a good deal more than his minuscule eight-vote margin in Iowa. In a solid second place, the libertarian Ron Paul. But we're nibbling at his heels. (laughs) Paul, a somewhat wacky anti-central bank, anti-war candidate, continues to be carried along by his small flock of assorted, devoted followers. But I sort of have to chuckle when they describe you and me as being dangerous. dangerous. <laughs> the one surprise of the night, the third place finish by former Utah Governor John Huntsman. Now, this is uh, this is very carefully crafted. Uh, and Ron Paul, someone does have to speak to him about this. Uh, because, you know, when you talk like this and you're excited, then you get these sound bites, which taken out of context, it sounds creepy. Yeah. And so they, and but you know, did they say wacky, anti-bank, kooky, creepy? You know, his legion or whatever, his army, his devoted followers, crazy people. Thank you very much, Canadia. You know, so that's uh, that's how it's being portrayed there. Then well, we, the, you know, this is the ruling part. You know, the ruling elites, as it were. Of course, it is the elites that are just uh, doing what they can to marginalize the guy. I mean, even Rush Limbaugh. Just to, to, as an aside, if you go to Rush Limbaugh's website to see his commentary on, on uh, Ron Paul, he has two pictures of Ron Paul on the, his uh, on a transcript, and both of the pictures have been photoshopped with a tinfoil hat. On top of Ron Paul. <laughs> yeah, that's so I mean, hilarious. That like, that's whoa, hilarious. Lord. I mean, this guy's a Republican, yeah, and Limbaugh's a spokeshole for the Republicans, essentially, mm-hmm. or the Independents. He claims to be an Independent. Ron Paul is the Independent choice. So what is his problem? He's a douche knuckle. Duh. The BBC did their own little version. That's where Newt Gingrich or Rick Santorum, two classic right-wing socially conservative candidates, could upset and beat Romney. If that happens, then one of them will emerge as the anybody-but-Romney candidate, as the conservative champion, and then we might have a serious two-man race. But the problem is, at the moment, the conservative wing of the Republicans is too divided. And which of those do you think could actually beat Obama? 
Which of the... Uh, well, that, that's an even tougher question. It's almost a good question, but apparently it's a tough question. If you look at national polls, none of them can beat Obama. The one guy other than Romney who could beat Obama, according to national polls, I'm not making this up, is maverick libertarian Ron Paul. CBS today said that he's only one point behind Obama in a hypothetical setup. And that's because he appeals, by the way, to those blue-collar voters we were discussing earlier. Now, this is very interesting. So, first of all, you know, there's a, a degrading uh, quality in this report by, I'm not making this up. Can you believe that this is, this is creepy? How can it be? You can't have some kooky old guy in old codger. Crackpot, old so, Dr. Paul. So if you look at uh, all news media in Gitmo Nation uh, uh, proper here, they have now changed since the polls clearly show that Ron Paul is popular. And it's and not even, it's not Ron Paul, it's his message. His message of let's not kill people, uh, you know, let's uh, restore some uh, some freedom and personal liberty. Um, now they are switching to electability. Oh, no, no. Now we have to have electability. Now, first of all, the definition of electability is that you're an American citizen, uh, that you haven't been uh, in jail, I think. Is there any other qualification? Well, I, of course, they're referring to... Ele- I, I know, but this is, we're talking about how well, words matter. Well, it's just the age. You have to be born here. Yeah, and yeah. It's just basically the age and having to be born here. Those What's are really the, is there an age too. limit? You have to be a certain age? I think age? you can run as a felon. I'm not sure you can. <laughs> Do you have to be a certain age to... Uh... You have to have a minimum age, which is like 32 or something. I can't, I don't remember what it is. Oh, I, oh, I didn't know there was a minimum age. Okay. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Um, so Maybe it's, it's in the... I'll look it up. So something very interesting is happening here. And, I, and, I, and this is exciting me. On the other hand, it's baffling me a little bit. So this electability thing is the... Because, of course, the charts all show Romney is so electable. Because, let's face it, you know, he ha- his hair is perfect... You know he's uh, he's got the strong jawline. Just, inter- just interrupt. Just thirty five years old at the at the day of the election. The day of the election. Okay. I wonder why they made that rule. Didn't people die when they were forty back then? <laughs> yeah. So it's like he just have. So we'll be present. Yeah. Ron Paul's young man by the. Yeah. Really. <laughs> really. So um. So this is a this is a big thing. This is so all the charts now, and of course it really matters when you watch television. Oh, well, Romney's way ahead. But it's not in polling; it's in electability, which is something very different. So this is a, this is a very interesting, sneaky thing that the media is doing because it's amazing. Clearly, they uh, they can't. They can't. It, every time they turn around, and they're they're found out in ridicule. I mean, Stewart does it constantly. Yeah, but no one watches and, Stewart. And of course, Judge Napolitano is the only other one on 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 Fox. No one watches him either. And no one watches him. And by the way, it's not about the watching; it's about the repetition. This is why. We buy washing powder. It's repetition. If, if you keep getting the message hammered over and over and over again. org slash N-A. And the funny thing is when you go out and you know, float around with your friends or you go to some dinner, you're hanging out in some event, and you bring up Ron Paul, they just, unless there are no agenda listeners... They just throw it right back. They take oh, the, the, yeah. the pap he, yeah. and throw it right. Oh, he's nuts. Oh, it's he's a program. crank. What? Yeah, You're kidding me. He's you know, old. That guy wants the gold standard. Yeah. You watch people who start. Yeah. Which is so, such a bad thing. The gold. Oh, gold. We can't. It's crazy. Because they've just heard stuff. And, of course, this is why you listen to this program, because uh, we can help you get laid at cocktail parties. Now, the Paul campaign, uh, something interesting has happened. They now have a spokeshole. 
uh, Doug Weed. Does this name ring a bell for you? No, it doesn't ring a bell. Weed, W-E-A-D. Why don't you look him up and I'll play this clip. He's been on all of the news uh, programs uh, spinning this electability thing. And in a, in a good way, I'm just interested about the Doug Weed character in general. Doug Weed is a senior advisor to the Paul campaign and joins us now from Washington. Doug, great to see you again. Thanks so much Thank for joining you, us. Thank you. Uh, well, in the latest South Carolina poll, Dr. Paul was at... 12%. Mitt Romney was at 37%. He said last night he was nibbling at his heels, and he certainly was oh, in yeah. a second, a strong second place finish here in New Hampshire. But when you you look at the crowds, he's got passionate young supporters. He's got a lot of anti-war supporters, a lot of libertarian supporters. Crazy people, by the way. At the same time, do you, he's not electable. Do you really think he has a credible run or march to the nomination, given the fact that Mitt Romney has now won Iowa? And New Hampshire and is far ahead in South Carolina. Yes, we do. We, <laughs> if we've learned anything okay. in this election cycle, we have learned that anything can happen. And this is basically now a two-man race. That is a secret that's been hidden in plain view for six months with the polls that showed both Ron Paul and Mitt Romney as the only uh, Republican candidates that were within striking distance of Obama. And uh, Ron Paul was doing as well as Mitt Romney within the um, margin of error of those polls, whether it's NBC Marist or Washington post ABC. So this is real. Perception? No. <laughs> I agree. But reality? We have to run this campaign on reality and we can still win it. But the exit polls don't have that kind of margin of error. And in the exit polls, yes, overwhelmingly, those who voted in New Hampshire said that they think that the most important qualification is electability. Okay, here it comes. You've looked up Doug Weed by now, right? This, this is a, yeah, this I, is a I, pro. In fact, I've seen him a couple of times, too. This guy's a pro. Yeah, his, his connections are interesting. Well, he was uh, he was special assistant to uh, George W. H W. Oh, H W. I'm sorry. Yeah, H uh, W. And he's worked with George W. Yeah. Um, he uh, he's well. Listen to the eligibility uh, question, and then I want your take on what this guy is doing here, if he's good or bad. And that Mitt Romney has that nailed. Now, going forward, if Ron Paul does not win in South Carolina, is there a point? which he would decide not to continue on because it would simply be damaging the frontrunner, Mitt Romney, and helping to reelect Barack Obama. Well, just for just a second, Andrea, I challenge your premise. It's true that in those exit polls, they, they say that uh, electability is the most important issue. And it's true that in the NBC Marist poll or any of these polls, the people polled think that Ron Paul can't beat Barack Obama. But when they actually ask in your polls, who do you favor, Ron Paul or Barack Obama? He does better than all of the Republican contenders except Mitt Romney. And he's within two points in many of the polls and some right on the money with Mitt Romney. So we don't think this thing is over. We think we'll do good in South Carolina. We're second among born-again Christians. Uh, and we've got a strong following, as you know, among the military. And we're changing the party. This is a story the news media has missed. So this is very interesting. I, I believe... That uh, somewhere in the powers that be, someone said, let's really push Ron Paul. I think that's what's happening here. Because this guy doesn't just show up for no good reason. I mean, yeah, it takes money to hire a guy like this. I'm sure he's not cheap. Um, and just looking at his website, DougWeed.com, W-E-A-D. Uh, speaking fee for international engagements is $50,000. So uh, that's just, you know, for him to go there and show a PowerPoint. 
So this guy can't be cheap. And it, uh, it, it lightens my heart somewhat that uh, perhaps somewhere in the, uh, in, in the dark corridors, someone said, you know what, let's push him. Well, I think I've seen him a couple of times. I'm reading his, his bio, uh, his wiki bio, and he sounds like he's connected to the intelligence community, to be quite honest about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, sure. And uh, he, uh, he might be part of a blocking strategy, uh, which I think is what's really going on here. Because the way he phrased that last thing that you played, which is everyone except Mitt Romney, and he, he kind of deferred. Uh, in other words, I think they're using Ron Paul, and this guy will be part of that scheme, to block the other candidates completely so because so none of them can make a run at romney at this point and that's exactly what ron paul is doing he's acting like a new version of huckabee huckabee was used as a blocking strategy well, this is, the, to, this is a, a known script then this is this is nothing yeah, new this is the huckabee block the huckabee blocking strategy that was used against the people trying to push mccain out because mccain was was knighted to become the candidate, whether anyone liked it or not. Well, I think I and, think I think McCain. I truly believe. I truly believe he was on the inside and he was meant to lose. I think that was that was the well, strategy. That's, that's, I, that doesn't surprise me either. But I, but just I'm just saying from the one half of the perspective, not the meta the meta concept, but just from the perspective of who's going to be the nominee of the Republican Party. I believe that Romney, who was also uh, also ran in 2008 was given the because it's every they keep saying this well this is the guy he's the next guy he's going to be they're going to give him the the nomination so they set him up because there's no reason that that uh that romney won iowa none in fact i don't think he did i think i think santorum did but they won't give it to him they found 20 odd votes that were miscast you're not telling me there's gambling going on there there's 20 odd votes that were miscast romney's the only guy in history because he's a, he's actually a weak candidate for the Republicans being a Mormon. Not that there's anything wrong with Mormons, and I think they, they hate Mormons, but which makes him a weak candidate for the Republicans. Uh, they this he's the first candidate in history that won both Iowa and New Hampshire. New Hampshire was a shoe in for him because he was basically a New Hampshire person. He's something from you know he's from the next Massachusetts nuts mm-hmm. right next door. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was no at, at the beginning. If you remember, like six months ago, there was no way that he was going to win Iowa. In fact, the way it was presented, well, he's not even serious about Iowa. So how does he win Iowa? Now he's going to South Carolina where all he has to do is win that, then it's over. And the best thing to do is to get a, a blocking candidate uh, to keep these other guys, especially Gingrich, who's going to go right after Romney. He's very so, annoyed. So, but do you think that the Ron Paul camp understands no, what no, is going no. on? They're sincere. And the fact of the matter, the oops. You know who Sorry. said that? Twice I was watching. Uh, I've seen thing. it quite a lot recently. Yeah, Perry says yeah. it constantly. All the time. He says it all the yeah, time. Yeah, I know. So it's hard for me to get rid of it. I should have not said that. But anyway. The chat room goes wild, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> chat room can, in a way. I'd go to the chat room, but if they didn't kick me out, I showed up. And we know. So I, no, I don't think so. And I and I think it's still a possibility that Ron Paul could win the whole thing, but that, but. The strategy will change if Ron Paul gets any more traction. I think they're going to let him have have a good showing in South Carolina because he's got real low numbers now, and he'll boost up to perhaps second place as a blocking candidate. And then after that, they're they're just they're just that's it. That's the end of him. You know. Um... And by the way, we predicted 
before this all started that Romney would be the candidate. I mean, it was it was a no brainer. I am hopeful, though, because I know that uh, Ron Paul's uh, anti Federal Reserve stance is actually um, appreciated and welcomed by quite a few on Wall Street. As strange as that may sound, um, I I truly have hope that uh, this guy, that Doug Weed, has been put in to do some good and not just. I mean, I I hear you, and and logically, I think I agree with you, but I really don't want to believe it. And the, but the. Mm-hmm. Paul himself has said that his most important thing here is to get his message into the mainstream thought process. Because well, that's, it's, that's it's essentially working. a subversive message. It's not a subversive message to you, me, or the listeners to the No Agenda show. It's a subversive message to the system that has taken away our rights and has had all these crazy wars and is breaking the backs of the uh, working uh, public and also uh, bre- uh, busting the cu- country. We have, you know, we're broke. If he truly wants to propagate that message and if he does not become president, the best thing for him to do is to become uh, the host of Fear Factor. <laughs> <laughs> then he would get some attention. That's the only way. Otherwise, people won't won't watch. There's there's no way. You can't get on television otherwise. Wouldn't he be great as the host of Fear Factor? (laughs) He'd be great as a lot of different hosts. (laughs) Yeah, he'd be great as the host of this show. There's always possibility. I'd like to see him as the host of, and we'll get to these uh, shows later, uh, Toddlers and Tiaras. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, right. Let's uh, thank some producers, John, who uh, who have uh, once again showed up to uh, support our value for value message. We have no advertising on this program, so we can speak freely, are not hampered by uh, any of the constraints or filters that mainstream media has. Uh, we are we don't have to say we're afraid of Ron Paul. Uh, we can say whatever we want, and that's because uh, the uh, the program is completely sponsored by its listeners, also known as producers, who supply a good uh, 70% of the material on the show. Yeah, and that it, it's true, too, because if the type of show we do, I can assure you that we'd be getting phone calls after each show. Hey, um, after uh, each show, John and every Adam, every single show, can you come into program director's office? Some suit <laughs> saying, well, you know, you shouldn't. Well, could you back off a little bit on this? I, I think you're spending too much time on. Yeah. Oh no, you shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have. They're always you doing know, this. You know, no, no, no. Here's how. Here's how it works. You know, I really love the political angle you guys are taking. That's really cool. <laughs> that's the, yeah, that's the but, worst type. But, but. Why don't you what? just, you should slip in a little like, you know, Taylor Swift news or something. You know, some, people are interested in that stuff, too. That's what they do. And what happens is they don't just do it once in a while because you can resist. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. Next time. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's show after show <laughs> after show after. And it just never lets up and you eventually cave. Yeah, exactly. Or you quit. Because you can't take it anymore. Yeah. Well, I I never caved on Arrow well, Classic you're, Rock. You were fired. No, no. The station was, uh, the, re, their license oh, the revoked. Was burnt to the ground. <laughs> it was almost literally burnt to the ground. Yeah, well, that's a different story. David <laughs> Overbeck, we want to thank him for being an executive producer for this show, number 373. Yes. From Elm Grove, Wisconsin. And he gave 33333. And he'll be coming um, night today. 
And he's a knight. He wanted to finish up his knighthood with a 3333 donation in honor of my lucky 33rd birthday this Friday, January 13th, Friday the 13th. like to ask for some karma for my smoking hot fiance, Kristen. <laughs> oh, hold on a second. Let me do that for him. That's one mother I'd like to. You thought karma. I met them. I met them uh, at the. Oh, yeah. Uh, is this Kristen smoking hot? Absolutely smoking hot. They are, you know what? Uh, well, so she's we, emailed a picture of Kristen yeah. with Adam at the Hot Pockets 2008 stop in Illinois. This past. I don't don't have a copy. How come he didn't send it to me? I look. I think I look smoking hot in the picture too. Actually, well, yeah. uh, please let Adam know that if he wants the Milwaukee makers to f- help finish his Tesla flying machines, just get us the plans. And this oh, is uh, this brother. is. I don't no, even. No, no, no. Want, no, I don't want to hear about it. No, I just have to say this is. If you go to MilwaukeeMakerspace.org. These guys are very cool. They make the they have a machine shop and they make the most awesome things. You have to see you have to really look at this website. Where are they located? Milwaukee? Yes, they drove from Milwaukee to the uh Illinois meetup. And uh I had a nice chat with them and I said, "Look, if you guys will but will build the Tesla anti-gravitational device, I'll fly it." That was the deal. Yeah, but well, now, it's probably not going to be a dangerous flight since it won't get off the ground. <laughs> well, you say that, but you watch. It's guys like this who will build it. And I'll show up with my crash helmet, and I will fly it. Yeah, well, tapes it. <clears throat> anyway, he thanks us for the work we do. He's greatly appreciated, and he uh, has ring size 11. <laughs> Hans Schneider, uh, which is, I, we think we had some problems getting the spreadsheet today, so I don't know where he's from. It says, it's just a bunch of symbols. It's a I don't know. Cologne. It oh, and that's probably oh, it's Cologne. Cologne. It's, Cologne. He's in Cologne. Yeah, Cologne and Cologne. Get money in Deutschland. Yeah. Yeah, Deutschland. Uh, $274.51 associate executive producer. The first time donor, but he says it's from München, Munich. Uh, Gitmo, Munich to you. Uh, Gitmo Nation Deutschland here. <laughs> <laughs> he's from Deutschland. Deutschland. That's good. <laughs> Love the show, which keeps me on my toes in media BS as well as on crack pottery. Donate 27451, which is the yearly amount I would be legally obliged to pay for our state-controlled television stations here in Deutschland. But oh. I don't. <laughs> Yay! I thought I'd donate, I thought I'd donate some money now before the Euros. Hello! Hello, Herr Schneider! We're coming here for your donation to the state media. Where is your money? <laughs> Herr Schneider uh, thanks us. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Nenninger's natural, let me spread this out a little bit. What is it? I forgot what Nenninger, natural medicine. Right. Okay. Dr. Nenninger's natural he's medicine. A, he's comes. a patron. He's, he comes back a lot to support he comes the back show. a lot. Port Jefferson, New York, 22222. Uh, please keep it simple. I'm really starting to believe that your paradigm will prevail in podcasting. I was a big twit listener. I even own a big brick. But got pushed over the edge when Leo started advertising diamonds. I, I've never heard this. <laughs> I haven't heard the I never diamond. heard the diamonds. I don't think he's doing that anymore. I listen to podcasts to avoid commercials in the interest of value for value. I'm working on a knighthood this year. Can you have BK Jr., Burger King Jr., put out his abacus and let me know how close I am? We can do that. I think the donation is four or five for four or five something. P.S. Please tell your listeners it's much easier to actually and actually fun to listen to the donation section when you donate. They, they, we want to remind people that it is fun. You get your name mentioned. We talk about you. We say things and uh, yeah, we uh, uh, we douche we people your, for uh, you. We do have a plug for Doctor Nenninger's natural medicine. Mm-hmm. And, and finally, this is a wild one. Oh, uh, this is our, I know who this is. Moyes Khan in Pakistan. Yeah, this, this is our uh, P- uh, Pakistani producer who went to try and visit the uh, Osama bin Laden compound. Oh, right, right, right. He I, have, I, have, I, have, I have an update 
from him. Yeah, okay, you get the update. Let me just give him his credit for two hundred dollars. Got passed. He got past uh, Pakistan's lame internet and power issues, and, and finally got into the uh, system. And uh, he. So what's what's his update? How did he do? Okay, let's see. Uh, Abbottabad, small city, about 200,000 residents. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get very close to OBL's compound, compound. It's under tight military security, Pakistani security. Uh, there are checkpoints all around the area. I did, however, check in on Foursquare. Win. <laughs> Foursquare. How cool is that? I checked. <laughs> more, more checked in at, uh, uh, at Osama bin Laden's compound. <laughs> I hope so. Let's hope I don't get a free vacation to Gitmo on my return to Canada. Uh, and then he says, because uh, he actually took a look at it. Uh, hold on, let me just, it's a very long note. Uh, I did put it in the show notes at 373.nashownotes.com so you can check it out. Uh, my cousin mentioned after the OBL incident, people were saying the Pakistani military police were going door to door the night of the incident, telling people to shut their lights off prior to the termination of OBL. Not sure what it means. Possible collusion, he thinks, with the military. My uncle mentioned that the stealth helicopter was examined by the Chinese before handed to anyone else as well. Um, and he said, well, what he does say here is basically the place is a dump. He says, <laughs> it's, it's a crappy dump. He says, my, cup, my, my uncle lives in a nicer house than that place. <laughs> he says, it's a dump. He says, I can't believe that anyone was living there at all. It's a big, crappy dump. <laughs> anyway, like one. He keep, uh, he's going to keep the updates coming. Uh, it's fun. Well, that's good. that's interesting to know because we had some suspicions about the collusion that took place because there wasn't enough of a fuss made about the entry into Pakistan airspace, and yeah, the military. Yeah, turn off your lights so this one place is you know that, that we need that kind of help to even find the place. That's yeah. great. Yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> turn off your lights so that the so the so target is easy. Yeah, it, it's dark, so we need a light. Oh, there it is. With all their stealth radar super technology, they couldn't find it in the dark. And I'll tell you, by the way, it's hard when you're flying helicopters, which uh, I I do. It's hard to find something during the day. You'd be amazed how complicated it is to find a spot, uh, even even like a well marked landing spot. It's tough sometimes. Anyway, thank you very much, Moist. That's very cool. Yeah, we want to thank that was it. Right? Oh, that was it. Even if associate executive producers remind them to go to dvorak.org slash NA channel, dvorak.com slash NA, noagendanation.com, and noagendashow.com. You can find a donation button on both those sites if you can't get to the main Dvorak. site. Dvorak.org slash NA. And then someone sent me this. Why? Because donating is love. <laughs> <laughs> The love part didn't come out too good. No, no, no. We need some better jingles for the donating. Mickey uh, is way into this. And she says, you guys. Donating is love? Yeah, she says, you guys just aren't doing it right. She what says, does she say to do? She, she says, why don't you say thank you for the love? Oh, we could do that too. I think that we should try that. Hey, at this point, I'll try anything. Thank, so, well, thank, you're a trying guy. Thank you for so, the love. Um, thank you for the love. Thank you for the love. Uh, anyway, we have no uh, PR associates today, so the only other thing I'd like to do is just remind everybody there is one thing you can do is go out and propagate our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. New World Order.
Hey, I read the right. bills. You read the bills. I have some questions. You want to talk about uh, SOPA, Protect IP for a second? Go for it. So I read these two bills, as I promised. Uh, the uh, Stop Online Piracy Act and the Intellectual Property... No, Protect Intellectual Property Act, PIPA. Right. House and Senate, respectively. Right. And because uh, you asserted on the, the previous show, according to your insiders, some lobbyists you speak to... Who, by the way... Uh, don't lobbyists have a lot of money? Shouldn't they be donating? That's a good point. Yeah, thank you. Um, that these are uh, basically identical. And uh, you asserted that the whole idea is to focus on SOPA, get that thrown out, and then uh, PIPA will pass. So uh, you are correct in a couple of things. First of all, uh, PIPA is word for word the same as 70, I calculate 75% of SOPA, word for word. It, it is exactly the same language. And uh, what this language entails, and, and here's where I have a couple questions, uh, is the, um, it's, it does, it's not actually, and this is why I don't understand it, it's not actually saying here's, here's the law. It's saying Here's the law over here that we wrote many, many years ago, including the Lanham Act, which was started in 1946. Uh, this is about uh, customers being uh, potentially confused. So as an example, when I registered MTV.com and left MTV, MTV sued me under the Lanham Act saying that it could be deemed as confusing to uh, forget the fact that MTV had, you know, had given it to me and said, go ahead. We want the AOL keyword. We think that's much more exciting. Uh, <laughs> I had it in writing too. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> you have it in writing. It could uh, be deemed confusing to consumers. And uh, the lawsuit between MTV networks and Mr. Curry has been settled off court. Neither party has any further comment. Um, so it's not about that. And then it goes into um, uh, you know other law about uh, intellectual property theft. It literally refers to existing law. So there's, it doesn't say anything about you can't do this, you can't do that. What this, what these both of these acts are about is about the punishment for breaking those laws. And this is what I don't understand. And maybe I'm just because I don't know if that then comes into statutory law category. And I've been trying to look it up, but I figured I'd ask our resident uh, law scholar uh, about this. So um, in both acts that are the, the identical piece. The penalty for uh, breaking these laws that have been on the books for a long, long time is uh, basically t removing you from uh, the DNS system, uh, forbidding uh, online uh, payment systems to work with you, and forbidding uh, 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 advertising companies to advertise with you, and forbidding search engines to uh, display links to you. So these are these are punitive measures. These are penalties. This is not actual law. Then on the SOPA side, the stuff that is not in the Protect IP uh, goes into uh, fake medicine, uh, fake uh, military parts, etc. And they have one little addition, which is streaming. But there, again, it's all about the penalties, which are quite stiff, by the way. We're talking $2 million fines, $5 million fines, 30 years in jail. The thing that I don't understand is they are this is not about saying what you can and can't do this is not about a rule this is about the 
sanctions that are put on you if you break the rule. I don't understand. Isn't that the job of the judicial system? Well, laws can have, uh, yeah, well, eventually the judicial system can say this is bogus and they can throw the whole thing out. But the um, the laws can often and mostly have enforcement information in within, written within the law uh, for, as guidance mm-hmm. and also uh, penalty inf- uh, information written in the law as guidance. Well, this is not guidance. This is this is actual like here's what happens if you break it. But again, it, the law says nothing about uh, it, it. Literally, it does not say you can't do this or that. It says if you break these laws over here, and it points to that's interesting. Well-established documents. You know, the Lanham Act is, as I said, 1946. It does keep getting updated, so that's well-established. All of the stuff, you know, copying. It, it, it's funny. At one point, it even speaks about. Um, you can't have bag uh, tags or badges um, that represent a a brand if they're fake. So you can't even, you can't traffic in those. So if I have like a bunch of, if I have like a pocket full of uh, fake badges that say Chanel, uh, I can get a million dollar fine and go to jail for a minimum of ten years. Just so, for the badges. Just for the badges, not even the products. The, 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 just, essentially the little logos stamped, right, stamped right, logo. Right. Now, So in other words, if I take my uh, – what about if you take a uh, – you have a, an Armani suit mm-hmm. and you take and you unsew the little tag inside that says Armani and put it on another suit – if I was carrying that tag, around, oh, that, that, oh, oh, no, that that would be that would be totally punishable by law. You can't you can't do that. You, I mean, it's but it's more about the trafficking in it. So if you do that as yeah, an individual, it it's, home. it's not a big deal. So um, I find that just interesting because the whole discussion is really about what should the penalties be. And by the way, everything I read online. Uh, tells me that most people have not actually taken the time to read the legislation, to read what it's about. They really haven't taken that time. Really? Let me write this down as, as a shocking, <laughs> shocking observation moment. of the day. Shocking moment, yes. No, I, 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 because people are like, SOPA's wrong, man. Well, you know, SOPA really isn't wrong because you shouldn't be stealing stuff. And you shouldn't be falsifying stuff. And you shouldn't be selling fake medicine. I mean, I, I agree with all that. But this is about the penalty. And essentially, of course, what's wrong about this is, well, since we can't go catch you under these under these existing laws, since we can't find you or it's just too much hassle. Essentially, you you got it. The second part is the accurate. This is another example of law enforcement hoping that through some other mechanism, someone else can do their job for them. I remember uh, talking to one of the FBI guys uh, back in the mid-90s when I had this radio talk show. Uh, and I was talking to – they were talking about the, the what these chips they wanted to put in televisions. And, oh, and I remember they, that. And yeah, all this yeah, other yeah. stuff. Yeah. And it was and, – and also about uh, monitoring uh, all online oh, oh, communication. Just, just as an aside, before I forget, in the SOPA Act uh, – you know, which leads to the uh, uh, to all these other acts. I came across this interesting language that uh, you are not allowed to traffic in VHS recorders that do not have copy protection built in. Ooh. So you cannot buy, sell, or trade. V- it specifically says VHS. Well, that must have not been already in the law then. 
No, this is new. It's added yeah, to the I mean, Lanham, but it's added to the Lanham Act. Huh. Yeah, it, I, I'm sorry. The uh, the Copyright Act. I'm sorry, not the Lanham Act. DMCA. Nah, no, it's a different one. But it's it's like intellectual property. You know, back in the day when they had like you know that's a bogus law. Yeah, no, no wonder that Consumer Electronics Association's worked up. Yeah, no, they said you're not allowed to sell, buy, or sell VHS recorders that can record without the. Uh, I think they call it the uh, flag or whatever. No, it's not the flag. It's like the country code. No, it's the oh whatever it's called. It was interesting though. I'll, I'll look it up. It, it it was something about. It was an interesting term. I'll I'll look it up for you. Anyway, go ahead. You were you were talking about I, your I FBI forget, I guys. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 Thanks for interrupting me. Sorry. The FBI guy who... Uh, okay, so the FBI guy's uh, moaning and groaning. And I said, why? You can do this if you put some effort into your law enforcement. It's obvious that law enforcement people would love nothing better than to sit at the donut shop doing... No offense to you police out there. To sit at the donut shop doing nothing and letting something else, some machine or some... let. Find some other way to catch these criminals. It's too much work to actually go through the rigmarole to actually doing research, do, you know, investigating, being in the field. It's not exciting. It's not exciting. We we, we want to like uh, teach guys how to make bombs and then uh, you know string them along for months and then pop it open like we've got a terrorist. That's much more exciting. Who the hell wants to deal with this crap? Yeah, who the hell wants to actually catch criminals? <laughs> yeah. The old-fashioned way. They don't want to do it. It's too much work. So the uh, so the idea is uh, that they remove your um, your entries from the DNS system, which of course is it's that's uh, technically it's a not only is it a dumb idea, a bad idea, but it's also easily circumvented. We'll just create a new DNS, and we have our own uh, no agenda DNS. You know, so it's it, but it, it it says it'll remove it from the non-authoritative server. So essentially, they just poison the DNS, which is kind of like introducing a virus into the internet, which is is a bad idea. This other stuff, though, um, and this is where it gets kind of interesting when you have uh, Reddit. By the way, Reddit is owned by a huge publishing company. They're owned by. Um, who does all those magazines in New York, John? Yeah, you, a lot of no, no. You, you you know the you know the publisher, the woman. I do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll look it up. Reddit owned by. Hold on, it's owned by uh, Condé Nast. Oh, yeah. well, that, well, that means that's Future Media. Okay, so Condé. Or, Nast. I'm sorry, Advanced Publications. Advanced Publications, the and they're not. As aggressively uh, interesting as uh, no, but the, so the, so they're going to go dark on the 18th, and the reason why they're so doing that what exactly? The reason why they're doing that is because uh, Daryl Issa uh, will have an oversight hearing on uh, as they say from their own website DNS and search engine blocking. And speaking at this uh, hearing, which will be fun to watch, will be um, let's see uh, Alexis. Ohanian, co-founder of Reddit. And so they're going to stream that live, which to me is just all they're doing is it's PR. It's a PR move for themselves. And they'll have uh, a guy from Rackspace and then uh, a couple of other douchebags. Um, but this whole, you know, the, the meme keeps propagating about, well, you know, Facebook and Google and Amazon, they should go dark. They should go, they, they, we'll show it. We'll show it. The internet would die overnight if they turned off. 
No, it wouldn't. <laughs> it wouldn't. Newsflash. Newsflash. It would not. Yeah, get a clue, and, boneheads. And uh, these, that'd be great if Facebook went dark <laughs> and stayed that stayed way. Stayed that way. Uh, these guys are all in on the game, and they all love it. They love it. They absolutely love it. So, and, and the we, only way to have, do it is to fi- is to vote people out, fire them. All right. Well, let's take a look at this possibly being a double switch, a double double cross. Okay. I, 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 now you so got my attention. So we have uh, Sopa's a scam. It's just a f- smoke screen for uh, the other one, which is Pippa, which means uh, DNS advertising payments and Whatever search, you want to and call search it. engine. Those are the four things that uh, will be uh, punished. Yeah. Plus a few additional little items like the uh, recording. No, 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 so- that, no. That's in Sopa. Okay. Well, Pippa. they'll 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 fix that eventually. Yeah. So, uh, what if this is like a? It's just like let's make it more complicated. It's unlikely to be this complicated, but let's make it so. <laughs> well, the, I mean, we got an hour to kill. Why not? The first one is is a, is a smoke screen for Pippa, but Pippa is a smoke screen for Open the Open Act, oh which is which goes right back to Daryl Issa. He's promoting this. Net, and you haven't read that yet. No, no. The, the are, you, are you giving me homework, Teach? Is what it sounds like. <laughs> okay. The open act is flawed, but still better than SOPA, says Ford. Now. Oh, thanks, John. So now I have to, this is This is his bill. Yeah. Okay. And the lobbyists uh. in Washington are all, there is, they, here's what they're thinking. I'm just going to be a, kind of a channel of one of these lobbyists. And it's like, oh, this is terrible. This SOPA thing is going to kill us. We got to, you know, I know what they're doing too. They're going to take this, they're going to take SOPA and and it's a smokescreen for PIPA. And then PIPA, they got to get rid of it. I know what we're going to do. But, you know, Daryl Issa, he hasn't got anything perfect, but he's got something called the Open Act. Maybe that would be okay. And they're going to like be so worn out by these other two things that the Open Act, which may be more onerous for all we know, because all I know is that it's eh, it's it's better. I will be able Says to. Says t- who? I will know on uh, on Sunday. I'll have read. Sunday I'll, we'll I'll know. Read the Open Act. This is what I do, so you don't have to. Even you don't have to, John. I know, and boy, you can believe that I am so appreciative. I know you are. Yes. <laughs> I, I can't stand these things. after the sh- after the show. John goes. Stuff. You have to be you have to be kind of a like a you have to be like Ron Paul Nutty. Yeah, exactly. I, I put on my uh, my little uh, tinfoil hat and I read tinfoil bills hat and start reading. And you know what? It doesn't get me late a lot. <laughs> you know, if you got a stylish tinfoil hat, <laughs> no, I'm saying reading these acts. Oh yeah, well that's Mickey's right. like. Are you coming to bed? You know, no, she's like walking around in, check. In, in sexy, in sexy clothes, and she's like yeah, negligee. Like, hey, honey, you coming to bed? Hold on a second, honey. I just have to cross-reference uh, U.S. Act three seventy four, uh, Article five B two. I'll be right there. And if, the funny thing is, is that nowadays we have the opportunity to really fine tooth comb these acts because all the references are online. Oh, so it's you beautiful. Can cross yeah, it's reference beautiful. the because they they put all kinds of weird stuff in these bills. You know, they they're you know, like the one where now you can have sex in the military with animals. animals I yeah. mean, how does that even get in there? No. Oh. Well, anyway. right. All right. Well, that brings us to uh, another topic, something else I've been looking up, because uh, <clears throat> there's a term that uh, I want to introduce. And uh, let me just see if I can find this term. Uh... Paraphilias. 
Paraphilius. Paraphilius. P A R A Philius or P A R P A R A P H I L I A S Paraphilius. And uh this is the uh, the act of uh, urinating on people. And, oh. And well, I guess which brings up a news topic, a nothing to see here moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, hold on, let me say that. Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Oh, look at that. And I, I put it on the blog. When we're, for people out there, we'll get to it in a second. We'll tell you what it is. Apparently, uh, four Marines not only uh, took a leak on a bunch of dead Taliban, but for some reason, that just always baffles me, videotaped it and, posed, and someone posted it on YouTube. So there was another news story which didn't get as much play. A Western Pennsylvania woman... Uh, claims state troopers pepper sprayed her and later urinated on her while she was shackled hand and foot. Huh. And uh, so there, there is a disease going on. What the hell's going on? Paraphilias. This is a disease. And, uh, you know, most sex, it's a sexual frustration. Most sexual frustrations come from enormous uh, psychological stress. Because th- there is no other. Um, logical explanation for this type of behavior. And I think we're going to see more and more people in authority, people in, uh, in, in high positions, in position and low, but positions of authority, resorting to this behavior because they know that they are so out of control in what they're doing and what they're actually told and expected to do. And the only way they can let go of this frustration is to pee on somebody. And it, there's an actual term for it, paraphilias. Well, paraphilias uh, is actually a more broad-based term, and it's, only, it's one element of the syndrome. Uh, well, hold on, hold on. Paraphilia not otherwise specified is exactly what I'm speaking about. Oh, okay. That is the category, oh, uh, which covers paraphilias not falling into the already named diagnosis, such as those involving dead people, urine, feces, enemas, and obscene phone calls. Also vomit, asphyxia, murder? Yep. Uh... There's a whole bunch of this. This list under paraphilias, plural, in Wikipedia is frightening. But it says the article's list of paraphilias. Paraphilia being a biomedical term used to describe sexual arousal to objects, situations, or individuals that are not part of the normative stimulations. Now, now there is a difference between people who just get off on being peed on and uh, and peeing on people. But if you really read the documentation, then I went a little further than the wiki page, if you don't mind. Uh, that's where you come into the paraphilia. Uh, paraphilia not otherwise specified, which is a diagnosed psychological disorder. And this stems from people being under severe psychological duress. It's all in the show notes, uh, 373.nashownotes.com. When was psychological duress are under in Pennsylvania, not to mention Penn State? (laughs) (laughs) Enough said, perhaps. Yeah, but there's cops in general, I think, under are under huge psychological duress. So this so I think we're going to see a lot. This is a meme. We're going to see a lot more of this. Um, this whole Marines thing. Um, I'm not even convinced they're Marines. I'm uh, I'm thinking that it's probably contractors and this may be a hit job on uh, one of the contract outfits that someone's going to get exposed and uh, they're, they'll lose their contracts. Uh, there is still no uh, definite 
uh, judgment that the, that these were U.S. Marines. These well, were guys they can dressed- easily look into it because on the original posting, it was specific Scout Sniper Team 4 with the 3rd Battalion 2nd Marines out of Camp Lejeune. I think that would be kind oh, of I, a, well, where I'd uh, start. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. But we'll see. We'll see how it gets spun. But uh, the whole thing is uh, is disturbing. And I think it is a part of uh, paraphilias. It's, there's mm. something really weird going on. Yeah. Well, that's because the whole country is. You can't be. We're not. Uh, the country's psychological makeup is not to be Sparta. <laughs> Throw him to the lions, I say. I mean, we have, like, uh, the education systems in the tank. We're educating more foreign nationals than we're educating our own citizens for because, you know, you can make more money off of them. We've become a, a I mean, capitalism run amok in many ways in that regard. Uh, it's, it's the moral, I mean, we have all these Christian characters. We have J- Tim Tebow who has to thank uh, Jesus every two seconds, and it's like, uh, Why? <laughs> I mean, whatever the football player has been like that, and then we all, yeah, everyone loves the guy. I mean, there's a bunch of, there's the whole society, the whole culture seems to be completely screwed up. There's something going on in, in Austin, right here in my backyard, which uh, <clears throat> I had to find out about through the British press. So I have to look into it to see if it's actually true, but I guess it is. Uh, in Austin, Texas, they have uh, cops patrolling the schools. Oh, yeah. In fact, in 2010, according to this report, police gave close to 300,000 Class C misdemeanor tickets to children as young as six for offenses in and out of school, resulting in fines, community service, and even in some cases, prison time. And you know, this is for like uh, being throwing a, throwing a spitball. Yeah, being late, throwing a spit spitball, just possessing cigarettes, wearing inappropriate clothing, whatever that means. It's like, and they have cops. And I, yeah. and I, I, I've got to look into this. Uh, this is a, this is actually a breaking story. It's, it's. I think it, it's already come over here that story, and it's all over the place. I've been reading about it, and it's like, what? Yeah, I know. I think it broke in the Guardian or something. Yeah, the Guardian, the Guardian British paper. But it's now it's like everywhere. But I've never heard of that, and it seems so contra. Well, every, you know, I know people that are in Texas and. Texas is one of the big promoters of loading the kids up on Ritalin. Yeah, well, I think it's all Perry. I think Perry is the one that is that is uh, that has put all this stuff in place. I it mean, could be. He looks like a Nazi. He does. He acts like one too. Right. Oh, we there. We did it. End of show. We we pull, just say Hitler and we're done. <laughs> I'm, I'm resisting. <laughs> you already did. You just said it. Oh boy, I brought him up. I brought him up. I'm sorry. No, I, I, and everyone I talk to here hates Perry. They just hate him. They really. Yeah, well, just, why did they vote him in then? How about that? Well, Austin. I'm talking about Austin, not Texas. No, most of Texas hates him. I don't know that. I, I live in Austin, so I don't know if most of Texas uh, hates you're him. Just like a, just like France and Paris, the Austonians are totally you know alien to everybody else. Yeah, that's that's quite possibly true. Anyway, uh, that's uh, just disturbing. I'm looking into that. Uh, I want to get more, but I mean, I, I know lots of people here who have kids, and I want to find out if this is really happening in their schools and why they're standing for it. Why do they take it? Uh, speaking of Gitmo, I'm very disappointed. I mean, I'm really, really, really hurt by this uh, privacy co- privacy compliance review issued by Department of Homeland Security. Yeah, uh, they have a list of uh, popular websites they monitor, 
We're not on the list. They're not monitoring. They listen. They don't monitor. We must have some TSA people listening to the show. Yeah. Well, okay. Here's one for you TSA people. So blogger Bob. (laughs) I love reading the TSA blog because. Oh, that blogger Bob is the, he's like, he's like Baghdad Bob. Yeah. So he, but he's He's full of crap. He posts something. And then you get like a hundred comments of people saying you're an a-hole and they just leave it there. It's very entertaining. I know. You'd think that they'd have enough moxie to, to, to uh, monitor uh, or moderate is the word their own website. No, I, th- no, they leave it up. no I think it's very smart because they can say, hey, we're transparent. We let everyone comment. We don't, we don't care, but we let everyone comment. Yeah, they obviously don't care. So we have the top 10 good catches of 2011. Oh, please. Let's see. Uh... These are the the guys that caught at the border or getting on an airplane. No, 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 no. That's the whole interesting thing. Oh, is they there's no terrorists they caught, but they caught snakes, turtles, birds. Uh, a They're not su- even supposed to be looking for that stuff. Yeah, but you can't. Yeah, the, are you kidding me? Um, let's see. Stun gun desi- disguised as a smartphone, a flare gun, two throwing knives. A loaded three uh, thirty-eight caliber pistol, small chunks of C four explosives. Bull crap! But but nowhere do they have terrorists. Where's the terrorist that the TSA caught? Where's the actual terrorist? Well, that one TSA said there was three a day at his spot. There yeah, should be thousands ac- of them. Actual terrorists. <laughs> Where are the thousands of terrorists that they're catching every day? I'm sure they're there, John. The, yeah, and then they're going to expand too. Our actress Tonya here over in the uh, Bay Area says she's spotted TSA now nosing around and hanging around the BART stations. Oh yeah. Oh well, we know that the, there's a directive that uh, trains, including subways, it's all uh, no, it's all very, very yeah, they'll be walking very, through very, these things, oh, yeah, the monitors, yeah, and the yeah, yeah. scanners, Na- naked body scanners. Hold on a second. Here we go. And now back to real news. I just got a hotline from the program director. We have to do some real news. You ready? Yeah, go for it. You've been to the Gitmo Nation Lowlands. Yeah. Have you ever been to the shoe making, the wooden shoe making factory? No, I haven't. I don't think. Because I'd like to go to those kinds of things. Uh, I'm surprised. I'm surprised because you would know. This is a a famous landmark. I think I've been to the town. Mm, Well, if you were in the town, they, they have a shoe. A 13-foot giant wooden shoe. Oh, I, I didn't see the 13-foot shoe. And all tourists go to this place, watch some stupid wooden shoes being made. Of course, they buy you know, a $50 pair of shoes. But they all get there. Just Google it. Giant wooden shoe Holland and look at the pictures. Okay. And everyone puts their kids in the shoe and like, oh, that's so cool. I'm in the shoe. This thing weighs two tons, but someone stole it. What? <laughs> Someone stole the giant Dutch wooden shoe. <laughs> and then it gets better. They received an email. And someone said, we'll return it back to you after carnival in mid-February. And police failed to trace the email. Really? If they can't even find the guy who stole the wooden shoe, the giant wooden shoe, do you see this thing? The shoes, yeah, but it's not that big. It's the size of a small boat. Yeah, but it's a well, it's a giant shoe. It's thirteen feet. It's huge. Yeah, anyway, I was had, thinking it would be more like a you know, the hundred and thirty feet, some really big thing. 
shows you how dumb tourists are because they go to this place and yeah, and all if you go, go the giant wooden shoe Holland and you click on images on on Google uh-huh. on the Google, you see nothing but pictures of people Stand- sitting in the shoe. <laughs> Yeah. Like it was like they were on a sled, yeah. and it's picture after picture because I guess everybody who goes there takes a picture of somebody in the shoe. Detective Dvorak, I think we should follow the footprints that will lead us to the perpetrator. <laughs> and then the headline of the day from WTVR, and then I'll get off my real news. This is the, I just love this headline: <laughs> Man dies eating cocaine. Man dies after eating ounce of cocaine out of brother's butt. Oh, jeez. What did you bring that story up for? Because there's video of it. It's disgusting. Because there's video of it. These guys oh. these guys got busted in the back of the cop car. Oh, can you imagine what they were about? Oh. And the brother says, hey, man, you got to eat the cocaine out of, out of my boot, out of my booty. The, and his brother dies, by the way, because he ate an ounce of cocaine, which is not a good idea. He died. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes our real news segment. And now, back to real news. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, hey, Red Book, Red Book, Red Book. Okay, hang on a second. I'm saving some photos from this moment. <laughs> I feel a Dvorak.org uh, slash blog posting coming on. Uh. Okay, Red Book's okay. okay, Red Book. Do you have an entry in the Red Book regarding the 500 euro notes? I think that predates the Red Book. No, it does not. No, because I remember quite distinctly. This is so do you have any idea of the date that this prediction was made? What were you saying? Um, was the predi- oh, where's the other Red Book? What the heck happened to it? Oh, Hold on wait a minute. Don't tell me you've Sorry, lost. I got it. I got it. Don't tell me you've lost the Red Book. This is the old Red Book. I'm on a new Red Book. Well, you've got. Uh, what the point is having Dark. a red book if you don't have it near you? I, it is near me. I'm holding it in my hand right now. It was, put, it was underneath some papers. Um, I think I can have it here. Let me see if I can find the. Uh, I date the entry. So if you got just within, give me a month. A month. Any month. December, I think. December of what? Just this last December? I believe so. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I, I believe don't so. Writing it down then. Uh, I'm looking at the show notes right now. See if I can find it. Pulling um, missiles. I'm pulling missiles. And what the hell that was? Missiles. EMP on Iran. That's one of your predictions. Ron Paul would do third party. You okay. That. Listen. Here. Here's what I was talking about. I predicted that they would pull 500 euro notes out of circulation to be able to put that trillions of euros back onto the balance sheet by saying 500 euro bills are no longer valid. Because they're only used by criminals and uh, yeah, you you did discuss this, but I don't remember it being an overt prediction. I don't know that I have it. Okay, well, this news I'm report. I'm looking. I'm looking. This news report popped up on the BBC just yesterday. Five hundred euros are the favoured banknotes of criminals. In one cigarette packet, you can hide twenty thousand euros in one go. Unbelievable. The illegal cash disappears from view. And once it's concealed, it's smuggled abroad. So if you Google 500 euros criminals, this is now being pushed all over the news, all over Euroland. And it's going to happen. They're going to just say 500 euro notes, no longer valid. And they get to transfer all of that cash back onto the balance sheet. And it's a lot of money. 
I think it's I think it was eight hundred billion euros or something. Oh no, this is pretty much of a this is a bookkeeping to to, to assume that this sort of bookkeeping trickery is going to be done. I, I I'm a little skeptical. For one thing, if they made them illegal, there'll be some old ladies that have them, and they're going to have to go be able to go to the bank and turn them in. Here's which, the here, here's the. And BBC. they're assuming that the criminals aren't going to do that. Is that what you're saying? Here's the BBC report. Uh, let me see. I saw the word. Hold on a second. Banning. Will banning the sale of 500 note in the UK do any good? They're just bringing it up. They're bringing it up. This is a real movement. This is a real movement. After eight months of rigorous analysis of currency trading in the UK, the serious organized crime agency, who are more serious than the regular organized crime agency, have established the 500 euro note is at the heart of money laundering. No. Brother. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. There, there's a, there's a, somewhere there's a, I'll put it in the show notes. Somewhere there is a movement who have, um, who actually are advocating this. Say, hey, this is how we, uh, how we shore up our balance sheet is to just uh, ban. No one has 500, no one has 500 euro notes. It's, it, just look at it. Look at all the, all the links for 500 euro note ban. Okay. Tons of notes. You watch. It's coming. It's coming right now. I was just amazed that it came so fast after we talked about it. I thought I'd put it in the red book, but I could be wrong. I don't have it. All right. Your go. I have to bring up the page back. Sorry. You're eating, aren't you? No. So, uh... (laughs) Is that a good product? It's a grapefruit. Oh, man, I had a grapefruit like this eat, morning. Say, Why do you eat grapefruits? I like to eat grapefruits during the show because it keeps me sour. Every, <laughs> we have a grapefruit every single morning. It'll keep the cancer away. It's very good for you. Um, all right, let's see what we've got here that's kind of interesting. Oh, I, I've decided maybe we should have a new uh, segment on the show. I want people to react and tell us whether we should do it or not. I'm not sure if you like it, but I'm thinking news from China because you know, we're trying to be more international. Uh, so I think we should play news from China. Have a clip. Okay. Let me just grab your news from China. I can't believe sale of SUVs is doing so well. It was about the recall. So uh, <laughs> what do you think? Do you think we should do it? Should we do a Chinese uh, news thing? Yes, I think that's a very good idea so we can yeah, appeal to a broader audience. But uh, it has to be news from China. Not China, China. News so, from China. So well, let's do a practice. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for news from China. I think it would work. I think it's a good idea. It might. Now, I, I've had a pet peeve about this for, for some time because people always, oh, well, you should have the English language should be the official language of the country and all the rest. I, I think that's even less important than what I have to say, which is all anything that goes over the public airways, not cable, but the public airways should have, if it's not in English, 
should by law have subtitles. I don't think they would. Who knows what these people are saying? They, <laughs> not the Chinese so much. They, we, there's a lot of Chinese around here that Chiners. can tell you. The Chiners. But the point is, is that I, there's some, you know, sometimes they're speaking Thai or some dialect of Cambodian. And it's just like, I would like to know what they're talking about. Well, I think that's a fine, uh, a fine idea. I think so. And uh, and you will speak to the FCC about enforcing this. I'm going to start. I'm going to start a movement. <laughs> Tell me what this guy's saying. Huh? He said you're a budhead. I think is I, to date. I have not seen one single person on a news media anywhere who, who can actually tell me what John Huntsman said. He said it on the when he said it, when he when he made that comment. No, he didn't. Yeah, he said, yeah, he did. He said something like, this is interesting times we live in or some, something like that. It was some crazy little Chinese saying. Now that we have Chinese speakers out there, they can tell us, send us a note, send us an email, johndevorak.org, and I'll, we'll put it on the show. I'm, su- I'm surprised. I'm surprised we haven't. Uh... Yeah, now that you mention it, it's, it's kind of weird that you'd have this guy speaking Chinese up there. And they're, well, there you go. Maybe just mum grumble. You know, they, it's like, no, nothing. Hey, what's going on with my thing here? Oh, boy. We'll talk about that. I've got a Ron Paul clip, not to go backwards, but Ron Paul event cutoff. This is a classic Ron Paul event cutoff. This is, a, this is what you get from Ron Paul. I really don't have to introduce my wife. I think you know my wife, Carol. <laughs> We have a few other members of the family here. Uh, we have a, a daughter-in-law of Peggy, and uh, yeah, yeah. we have Lisa, Linda, Linda. <laughs> With apologies, we have lost our signal from the Ron Paul event, and we will work very hard to get that back. What was this? What uh... that was on C-SPAN. <laughs> And they were streaming over some Verizon connection because the Verizon logo comes up as a... How is it possible that Leo Laporte can be on uh, streaming live from CES 24-7, yet C-SPAN can't seem to get a Ron Paul event uh, streamed live? How is this even... even, Oh, really? How coincidental. We had to cut the uh, henchman. (laughs) John Henchman. That's his new name. John Henchman. Really? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Hey, I read a book for us. Oh, okay. We'll do that now. I should mention Huntsman. I do have a little rant. Oh, go, ahead. go ahead on Huntsman. Huntsman. Henchman. 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 Uh, His name is Henchman from now on. I've concluded, by the way, if you see him in this Stepford wife, oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. <laughs> and this guy is so insincere. I have three little clips, and one of them that just a, really earmarks his unbelievable insincerity. So, because I, I was actually mocking this, uh, he says, "I'll be darned." <laughs> I mean, he has no emotion. The guy is the he's the dead fish. Play the start with "I'll be darned," and I'll be darned <laughs> if we're going to allow the men and women to come from the theaters of combat, the front lines. To the unemployment lines. That's not going to happen. Those men and women who have worn the uniform of the United States of America in the theater of combat are going to come home to dignity and respect and to admiration. And they're going to come home to jobs and opportunity as well. And free ponies! 
Unbelievable. I mean, how is he going to do all this? The guy's, a, anyways, totally emotionless. And now play, and by the way, after he, his, this was his, his concession speech, they had confetti. Like he won the damn thing. Good job. Free ponies. Free ponies. <laughs> Huntsman loves the state. Another insincere uh, kind. You know, he. when you hear the third the third little bit that I have here, I, J.C. Buzzkill Jr. came up with the, uh, with the absolute explanation for this crazy talk that he has. Play Huntsman loves the state. And they're going to do the same thing for this nation that the greatest generation did so many decades ago they rebuilt this nation they pulled this nation up by the bootstraps and there's another greatest generation coming up you know the people i'm talking about they're in your families they're in our neighborhoods we love them all and they're going to do what earlier generations did they're going to help us rebuild this nation they're going to help us make it the very best it possibly can be ladies and gentlemen i love this state be so all that you can be so now I'm going to play part three, which is another short clip. But we're listening to this, and J.C. Buzzkill Jr. says he only he wrote one speech. He wrote this. He this is his victory speech. <laughs> this he, day. He, he had no alternative speech, so he just went went with this. <laughs> this state. This state, we have worked hard and diligently. We have pounded the pavement. We have shaken hands. We have had conversations. We have won people over person by person. This is the old way to get politics done in New Hampshire. And my confidence in the system is reborn because of the people in New Hampshire. Because they just turn out at these town hall meetings, nobody forces them, nobody tells them they have to do it. It's because they believe in a better tomorrow for the United States of America. And they thank you. Mike check. (laughs) Thank you very much. And they turn out to the town hall meetings and they turn out to the house parties and they hear from the candidates and then they assimilate and they digest it all and then they render a judgment. Yeah, the judgment is you came in third. <laughs> this guy's acting like he won the thing. Here's, here's John Henchman at home. What? Honey, I know I gave you the best orgasm in the world. I, I know, I know it's fantastic. I could hear you moaning and groaning. I did a great job. <laughs> It's unbelievable. What a stooge. Henchman. John Henchman is his name. Hi, darling. Thank you. Yeah, I'd love some fresh coffee. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you look so hot. Yeah, hey, thank exactly. you. Oh, oh, I have a question for you. Uh, uh, production. Can we have a production meeting? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Um, so I need to travel to San Francisco. Uh-huh. There's a board meeting. Uh, a Mevio oh, board yeah. meeting, you know, where, where, I, is it? where I help determine your future. <laughs> and, uh, but check this out. So they said, well, somewhere between the 16th and the, and the, uh, the 16th and the 19th. And I said, well, could you please do it earlier? Because, you know, we haven't, we haven't had a real vacation. We, you know, we're going to go visit my buddy who has the house in Bonaire, which is great because it's a, a short flight from Texas down south that we can get cheap, cheap tickets, which I'd already booked. Yeah, okay. I don't need the details. And so they say, well, here's what we've done. We could, everyone, uh, we've, we've scheduled it as best as possible for everybody on uh, Thursday at 9.30 a.m. Uh, thanks. 
But oh. today? No, uh, oh. next oh, week. But it's Thursday, and they're right there in the middle of the show. Yeah, because, you know. They, yeah, well, that's because they look at the schedule. They say, let's see, Adam, Adam. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, it's, that's oh, right. Yeah. He's, that's the, at it's, nine, he starts the No Agenda show, so let's schedule it for that time. Yeah, let's do it for then. Yeah. Um, could Good. we do the next the, the next week show on Wednesday morning instead of Thursday? Next week. Can you do uh, Wednesday? Because I know you got a lot of stuff going on. You do. Uh, well, the, I, uh, next week, I. Because uh, otherwise, it really screws no, stuff actually, up. No, actually, next. Here's another one. That that's blocked because they have an all. I know hands an all hands meeting. meeting. I know. I know. At nine thirty. And I also do the X three. We can do Wednesday night. It, the thing I wanted to avoid is doing You'll the be show on a from, plane. I, no, I wanted to avoid doing it from a hotel room. That's all. Oh, how about? Uh, oh, we'll talk about okay. it. Okay. Anyway, we'll talk about it, and then we'll yeah. announce it on Sunday. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, so anyway, the book. Can I talk about my the book I read for everybody? You read a book for everyone. Okay. Yeah, and I and I really hope I can get my fourteen ninety five back from Amazon. I read mm. the book, The Obamas. Oh yeah, this is the book you promised to read. I promised to read it for you, and it's been getting a lot of press. Uh, here's an example. Uh, apparently, uh, Oprah's uh, girlfriend, Gail, is now a, a great, important person. Uh, I don't understand. All of a sudden, because she has no skills. She sucks. She sucks at everything she does. She has a radio show on Sirius. And it's, 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 like a, it's like Oprah cheap. You know, it's like the off-brand Oprah. It's, it's dumb. And she got to interview uh, the Obamas, uh, and it's all related to the PR for this book. Doesn't really get, you know, I mean, who who can write about how I feel? Who, who what third person can mm-hmm. tell me how I feel mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or anybody for mm-hmm. that matter? Here's what interests me about this. First of all, okay. there seems to be a nice chemistry there. I mean, you've known this person for a long time. Yeah, I, I can, I, you know, I think it's, I think we should say it's no secret here at the table that we're friends. 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 Secondly, where was the big guy while you were doing this interview? He was in the West Wing. Believe me, I asked to see, the, see him. He was unavailable. <laughs> he was unavailable. Third, yeah. um, did she seem to you like she wanted to get some things off her chest? I think, Charlie, that is such a great question because the oh. answer is yes. Oh. You know, we... <laughs> That's not a great question. That's not a great question. (laughs) Ah, you missed it. It was Homer. I've got to play Homer again, because I'm going to turn this into a whole jingle for you. Great question. That's not a great question. So, uh... A little more low end. Yeah. So this uh, Obama book is getting a lot of play, and I can tell you what this is. Because, I, I mean, three pages into it, I'm like, oh, brother. Oh, brother. This thing is designed to make the Obamas real. It glosses, I mean, the way it's it's written, and it's it's uh, it reads kind of like a National Enquirer type of publication. It really solidifies that Obama was born in Hawaii, uh, that they're just normal folk. Um, this whole thing, it is such an, it is, it is to, to help us believe that they are not the reptilians that they actually are, that they are not from outer space and that the, you know, they, they, they cloak themselves in, uh, in human skin. It is completely 100% utter <coughs> bullshit. It is the worst book I've ever read. And, and what it's doing is, is it's, 
it's bringing into this into the the consciousness of people that you know that they have you know they're real people they care about the kids you know uh his meteoric rise, you know, how hard worker he is. It's just, it's sickening. It is a 100% sickening, but the way they promote it is so slickly done. And of course, this is the New York times in collusion with, um, with the administration to publish this at this moment. You know, so you get all these stories about, you know, is she, and she's, she says she's not an angry black woman. I mean, it's they're pulling the race card out. It is part of a huge strategy that will unfold before our very eyes. And this is just the beginning. And it is sickening. Do mm. not repeat. Do not buy this book. You will feel cheated. As you apparently have felt. Oh, it's disgusting. And then we have uh, just before a day before the book came out. Interestingly enough, we have um, Bill Daly finally calling it quits, as we pretty much predicted. Yeah, uh, of funny. course. Now this shows how, uh, how much disarray the uh, the administration is in. This actually, I think, falls uh, uh, under the category of shadow puppet theater. Because who's stepping in? Which is what we never talk about. Is Jacob Lou. Jacob Liu will be taking over as chief of staff. Our chief of staff is a is a pretty big job, right, John? Yeah, it's 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 you essentially running the country. So yeah, <laughs> well, who better? Who should we put in if we wanted to have someone running the country as chief of staff? Um, who I don't know. Tell me. CIA How? guy? No, let's put in someone who used to be chief operating officer of Citigroup's alternative investment unit. No, and banker. please, and please make a sure, bankster. yeah, please make sure he's a member of the Council on Foreign Relations, the Brookings oh, Institute. <laughs> so it's happening everywhere, not only in Euroland but here as well. Now we have a bankster uh, running our show. Congratulations! And but the guy looks like a dweeb. Which is kind of good. Yeah, he's, he's great. He looks like What's a... His, how do you spell his name? Lou, L-E-W. Which is great because people are like, ah, he's just some What's dude. his first name? Jacob. Jacob. He's just some douchebag. You know, it's like, ah, he's just like some, some bookmark. Oh, that guy. But he's not. He's, he's a... He, he, looks, yeah, he, looks like, he looks like a Hollywood agent. <laughs> well, I think he looks a little dorkier than a Hollywood agent, personally. But I think it's uh, well done is what I'd say. For, he's with Harvard. He graduated from Harvard, went to Georgetown Law, got his doctorate in law. Mm -hmm. Public administration uh, professor. But, has he ever, had a, has he ever had a real job? Yeah, no, he's just like everybody else in the Obama administration. He never worked for a company. It's just government work. The whole, his whole background is he's government He's a technocrat work. is what you're saying. Yeah, he's a technocrat. There you go. This is what's wrong, wrong with this whole organ. This, yeah. Well, anyway. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now, one We've more. bitched about it before. One more what? thing I picked up. Sorry. I picked up something interesting that I've had on my list for three weeks now, and I keep forgetting to talk about it. Okay. This is a uh, from the uh, from the government website for federal business opportunities. You ready for it? Yeah. The Transportation Security Administration is issuing this sources sought notice request for information to improve its understanding of the market capabilities and identify qualified vendors that are capable of providing radiation dosimetry devices 
to the TSA Office of Occupational Safety, Health, and Environment. <laughs> Interesting. It's about why, time. Why do you think that is? Do you think no. that's because you you get more radiation from uh, from snuggling against someone's butt than actually in the? Uh, there you go, Mickey. That's your butt has. Let me get my dosimeter because that butt's pretty close to me. <laughs> So I guess, well, they, you know, somebody wrote us a note, one of our you, producers, Lord. telling us that they took all the uh, body scanners out of uh, Hartsfield in Atlanta. Oh, really? I think there was. And, I, and this this story that you're talking about followed <laughs> that story that I, I mean, it's not a story. Nobody's reported on it. No. Except why? Why would our listeners it's crazy? Stupid. And I think that there was a cancer cluster. Um, I, I remember seeing a report about a cancer cluster. Anyway, so if, there, if there's a cancer cluster in Hartsville with the biggest airport in the country, I might add, which has tons of those machines, they pull those machines out. The next thing you know, they're putting dosimeters, uh, selling dosimeters to the agency. Mm-hmm. I, excuse me. Is this, can somebody put two and two together here? Uh, one, two, three. Yes. I'm going to show my support by donating to no agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. And not a minute too soon since I will have the Ask Adam segment, a new one coming up in the uh, second half of the show. Justin Hilton, we want to thank him. He's uh, floating around somewheres in the morning from a drunk haiku Hilton in Gitmo Nation (laughs) kimchi. I guess he's in Japan. (laughs) Nuclear winter truth like the warmest blanket, the greatest podcast. Okay, that was garbage, but I'm drunk. Thanks for all you do, and thanks to whomever put together the clip of We Can't Wait. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. That was my suggestion from a few episodes ago. I donated 133.33 for a podcast license, or 33.33 for a podcast license, and $100 for a karma shout-out for you, Adam and John. Here's hoping the donations keep coming in strong. You deserve it. Adios, mofos. There you go. Good old... Thomas Gardner, first-time donor, so he's not really good old, but Wilmington, North Carolina. Great place, by the way. Donation in honor of our, of our slave Benjamin's first birthday, born one year ago today. Yeah, well, that's Tom great. and Sarah. So he's worth uh, uh, about nine, no, 8.7 million right now. Uh, Tyler uh, Brigham in, uh, oh. as in Brigham Young. Yep. Uh, San Luis Obispo. California in the morning, John and Adam sending cash, not blankets or water because I've noticed a pattern of bad karma surrounding me. Yikes. First at work, a large batch of parts that we sent to the anodizer got scraped by the anodizer. Oh, no. <laughs> or, What's an anodizer? It's the thing that put the anodizer's metal, puts that, that little coating. You know, they get it, if you digital camera, you got the red ones and the blue ones and the, those different colors on. That's anodized. That's oh, what the color paint. is. Paint is what you're saying. It's not paint. It's anodized. <laughs> paint. Less than a day ago, he was paint to you. Paint. Then a day later, I go out after work and my $3,000 camera rig gets hit by a nice wave at the beach, scra- scraping or scrapping. Or, I don't wow. Know, scraping. My Canon 5D Mark II. Oh, II. no. That, that's like an awesome camera. Yes. Ugh. It's like and three, then on three Monday, grand. One of my girlfriend's chickens gets eaten by a raccoon. What the f- so I need to ask for some karma for my family. Scott, Susan, Courtney, Chris, and Courtney and Chris's fiancés, Ryan and Kristen, and for my girlfriend, Lindsay, to protect her animals. Screw a double shot of karma and de-douchebag. Just double the karma. How many chickens must die? <laughs> Stop killing the chickens. Stop. You've got 
karma. <laughs> that will be a double. That is Andrew a, that Gardner, is a double. Uh, which is no relation to Thomas Gardner, I don't believe, in Avenue, Maryland, $100. I, in the morning, uh, send karma to a safe flight back to Gitmo Nason West on Friday, halfway to knighthood. Give him a karma. You've got karma. By the way, Tyler's donation was $111.33. Damien Tame in Perth, the place that I've always wanted to visit. Uh, Perth, Western Australia. Uh, John and Adam, I was feeling like a douchebag since I haven't donated for a while. And please give me a shot of karma. Why do I need karma? That's a great question. (laughs) That's not a great question. Because Port Moresby, where I work, is considered to be one of the top ten most dangerous cities in the world. So avoid to avoid being shot, stabbed, carjacked, or extorted by the police. Huh. Sounds like corruption. Please give me a huge injection of karma. Adios, mofos. Yeah. You've got karma. Uh, do you still want to visit Perth? Well, now I don't. <laughs> Barry in Amsterdam, ninety nine ninety nine. Apologize for not donating drunk. Oh. Still at work. I've been on a monthly subscription for two years now, but recent events forced me to up the ante on supporting the best podcast in the multiverse. Just like Adam, my wife and I are moving down south in the very near future. She's awaiting news of a transfer. She asked her of her company to pull off me. I had an interview for a dream job with a tech company last week. The interview went well, but they left me hanging with a... Since we're at CES next week, don't call us. We'll call you. Ooh. Please send over some karma to increase our chances of a successful job. Behind, I hope three times the amount of thirty-three, thirty-three will do ninety-nine, ninety-nine. Also, after fighting multiple variations of cancer over twenty years, yuck. Uh, last Tuesday, my wife's grandma finally had to give in. She passed away at seventy-seven. So close it off. I'd like to uh, call out cancer as a douchebag. Keep up the amazing work. Great hair. Hope you guys win. <laughs> Barry from Amsterdam. All right, Barry. Well, here's some anti-cancer uh, karma and some job karma. Now, remember, when you, when you ask for the karma, it can come in very strange ways. You may actually not get that job, but you may get a better one. That's, a better job. That's how karma seems to work. You've got karma. Good luck there. Yeah, CES, please. So, um... Why aren't you at CES, you tech reporter, you? Why? Well, well, I went there last year. Why aren't you? Don't you have to report on stuff? I can look. There's over-reported. There's over two reporters for each booth. Yeah, but it's dumb to go to it. But the babes. Sir James, and it's a good place to go if you want to, you know, just hang out at night and drink a lot of free, cheap booze. Sir James Briscoe and Bayshore. And besides that, I'd rather be doing research for our show. Thank you. James Briscoe, Bayshore, New York, at 9899. Hi, gents. So incensed at listening last year about your deconstruction about workplace bullying of competent people, of which I am personally witnessed i felt compelled to donate once again but i was lacking funds due to fixing my uncle's house which ended up coming to seventy five hundred dollars so here's my belated donation ninety eight ninety nine to complain about workplace bullying please give some karma to the love of my life smita who is she is richly deserves it more than i ever would but please do not give the milf designation as amusing as it may be i know she wouldn't like it nothing against <laughs> you adam well, now I feel like hurt. All right, Give my karma. And then yeah, I'll move on. You've got. I think every karma. every woman likes the. Uh, what it, you know, I think. I think every woman loves to be called a milf. I, Ahmed I disagree. Ahmed Mian, 
Ahmed Mian in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Hey, John and Adam, please don't. Well, great. Good job. Don't mention my last. Well, that's probably not his last name. After listening to episode 372, I had to donate. I always like it when you cover either Pakistan or Canada. We had a Pakistani that donated, and which proves that the Pakistanis are more generous than the Indians. Well, hold on, but he's Canadian. He's just visiting Pakistan. I know, but Pakistan. he's another Pakistani, obviously. Yeah. But currently residing in Cowtown. <laughs> uh, Where is that? Well, he doesn't want his name mentioned. Where's Cowtown? That's Calgary. They have the big uh, road. Oh, that big. Uh, I've uh, been to the, the Stampede, the Calgary Stampede. Yeah, yeah, you've been to the Stampede, and I've never been to it. it. I've I have a won- I have a Calgary Stampede belt buckle. It's supposed to be great. It, it, if you you have not lived until you've seen uh, the barrel. Uh, the barrel run when uh, these really cute cowgirls race ponies around barrels. Yeah, and my, they, and they're hot. These girls are like they're super smoking hot, and they and they're dressed up all cute barrel and stuff. Barrel racing, it's called barrel racing, and just run and they're getting these ponies like wow. It's just yeah, it's exciting. I have to say, I don't like all the the bull riding and stuff. I don't like that. But the but the girls doing the barrel run. Oh man, barrel racing, barrel racing. They're smoking. Okay. Uh, Adam, I wanted to ask you if you can please talk about the Greys. I have been very curious about this. Also, if you can give me some karma, that will be much appreciated. As many bad things are going on in my life, the same rate of all human race. Can, in fact, it's the same rate all human race can use some karma. It's not. Here's to not being a boner anymore. Sixty six, sixty six. Keep up with the good work. Okay, first of all, let me, let me give you some karma, man. So it sounds like you need some. You've got karma. Now, the first rule about the Greys. We don't talk about the Greys. You know, there has there have not been a lot of reports about the Greys recently. I think they gave up on us. I, th- I, th- I, you know, I have to be quite honest. I think that um, some other ever it, since Art Bell went off the air, the Greys have gone too. No, I think I think the the Greys. I think you're right. I think they've given up. Um, and uh, th- but there is definitely some other alien race uh, occupying. Uh, Earth. I just don't know which one. It's not the tall blondes. I know that. They. I, I think they've, they've just gone underground. But the Greys... Um, All right. Meanwhile, Oyston Burge in Jovik, Opland, Norway. What do you think? 5962. Love the show. Give me a karma sh- shot. Smiley face from Norway. You've got karma. We'll talk about the Greys when they're sighted. Frank Davis in Florence, South Carolina, 5560. Drew Larson in Green Bay, Wisconsin, home of the Green Bay Packers, 5555. Bill Hutchinson in Calgary, another Calgarian. This is two Calgarians today. Well, they'll be really happy to hear uh, us talking about their CBC today. And people like it when we talk about their uh, their country and how messed up it is. It, it, feels, <laughs> it feels good. I know. I'm telling you. Every single time we do, we, we do a story about Australia, the Australians come in. Do a story. Well, you know, the only people who don't really do it is the Lowlands guys. Uh, the Indians. Well, Indians, we don't talk about India. Well, for good reason. <laughs> Double nickels on the dime from Bill. Uh, donation for his 35th birthday. We'll put that in there. Always wanted to be a no-agenda minute man. I had a full-time volunteer with a Christian NGO for 14 years, so I understand the challenge of bringing in support. have listened for ages, but my first donation as raising a family of five. Wow. It's a challenge of do- for donating. Uh, was in East Timor. Now we can get some information about East Timor with our organization. Within 12 months of independence when the U.N. was active there, the U.N. waste was disgusting. Floating in hotels for their staff while the people and our volunteer staff suffered with blackouts, uh, burned out slash wrecked houses, potholes, and more. While our organization drove a donated 15-year-old station wagon, the U.N. had a brand new 4x4 Toyota truck or trucks. 
Our organization had been working in Haiti since 1991, and for every $6,000 donated to the organization, a duplex house is built for two families. All our staff are volunteers. No one's paid. Hearing about the waste and disgusting use of funds donated to Haiti, $2 million for a hotel. What BS? Makes me seriously ill. I try to work some of the points out that I gleaned from the No Agenda show into our NGOs podcast. That's nice. Well, we need to hear about some of the stuff that you learn while you're floating around. That would be valuable. So I'm going to take, um, hold on a second. So four, $4 billion, that's four, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, divided by 6,000, one, two, three. Uh, we should have been able to build 666,000 homes. For, uh, but strangely enough, uh, there's still half a, half a million people uh, in tents and, and cholera-infested poop. Yeah. Funny how that works. Um, how many houses were built? None. None. The, Ch- a nice hotel. hotel. A hotel, yeah. A nice uh, Marriott. Chad Twiggs in Blackfoot, Idaho. Double nickels on the dime. Drunk donor and Gitmo Nation potato capital. Couldn't resist after I heard John C. say, I'm an old, I'm old school, man. Yeah, the good job, by the way. That was very funny. You did it. Glad not to be a boner anymore. Looking for a de-douching and karma for a job hunt. Give him a combo there. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. Hey, by the way, Leo promised to get us on Coast to Coast. Are we, is that happening? I'm working on it. It's right. going to be one of those things that, you know, is uh, right. going to take a couple of nudges. Like that MacBook Raleigh Air. Rikama in it. Helsinki, $55, third-time donor, not a boner. Uh, I desperately need karma. My three-year-old relationship ended. I don't have a job currently. I need desperately to find some coding gigs. And since I don't have any income, I, I can drive as fast <laughs> as I can in Finland. <laughs> That's go. funny. Job <laughs> karma. You've got karma no i got uh, i got an email from someone we should about remind that. people what he's what he means by that reference yeah, yeah so apparently uh, if you're speeding in finland the fine is calculated dependent upon your income and i heard that linus torvalds has had like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of fines because uh, he's mm. driving his race car up there his uh, sports car i didn't know linus was that rich by the way um but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's crazy. We learned this from Wonderhelm. They got like you know six hundred euro fine for speeding, like fifteen miles over the speed limit or something. Just say how much do you make? All right, slave. I'll be six hundred grand, six hundred dollars, euros, zlotys, whatever you use. Whatever <laughs> zlotys. <laughs> John A. Thompson in West Lafayette, Indiana, fifty dollars. Hi guys, I'd like to call up my mother. My wait, mother. Wait, I think you missed Joanne jo- Thompson as a douchebag. Oh, no. Douchebag. Since she hasn't donated since September. And uh, D, a D douching for me. He needs a D douching. <laughs> You've been D douched. Got to give him a combo because he also wants some karma for his, him and his fiance, Rhonda Head. We, go, we got engaged on New Year's, and she's having a tough time at work now. She's going back to school soon. Any help she can get would... By the way, this is going to go on forever for the next decade. These people suffering. Job, job karma. Work. We're going to be doing a lot Thank of that. Thank you, guys. Yeah. so much for everything you do. You're a huge part of my life and have made me a better person since I started listening at the beginning. I made him a better person. Give him a karma. Oh, that's so nice. You've got... Karma. I think you might want to add that he said, I love you guys. He said, I love you. And you didn't read the love you part. Love you guys. Hey, did you miss George Scanlon? I think you did. Did I? Yeah, I think you did. Yeah, George. Okay, let's go with a couple of 50. We had three $50 donations. George Scanlon, Carpentersville, Illinois. 
Kieran Burke in Framingham, Massachusetts, and Sir Mike Westerfield in Enderlin, North Dakota. Also, Tamara Hunter in Austin, Texas, right down the street from you, says, for my boyfriend, Sam Winsier's douchebag. For her boyfriend, Sam, what do you think, is Winsier? Yeah, Winsier. Winsier. Sam Winsier is a boyfriend of Tamara. He's a douchebag. She says, we don't know. He's listened to the show since the start. Never donated while always talking about you guys. Also, karma for me to figure the relationship out. Uh, okay. Give him the douchebag and then so, give her the karma. All right. Douchebag. And here's your karma, girl. You've got karma. Maybe we should just meet, finally, we should meet up at Joe's and have, have a cup of coffee. Joe's. Go to Joe's. Go to Joe's. And finally, Tristan Wilson Kerrigan in Paddebury in Western Australia, $50. I want to thank them and all the other people that donate even lesser amounts. And we appreciate any donation uh, for the No Agenda show to keep us because on the it, air. Because it's the going. sincerest form of love. So uh, donating is love. No, it's just, it's just love. It, it's not even a donate. It's not like here you, you, you here's an alm. Here you, it is, you well, here's a pittance, you, you poor people. Bottom, you got the two buck donation. It, I, it's amazing to me that we still have people that are that have not been kicked off by PayPal. The uh, the the original plan was to get two dollar donations and it, you know two dollar subscriptions. We have I think one. How dumb was that? Uh, well, <laughs> you don't know because nobody do, does this. We're actually the the pioneers of of turning these podcasts into a listener supported podcast to the extreme that we do it because we took it very seriously from the beginning we knew that we we're going to provide a lot of content that was equivalent of any form of entertainment and people but unfortunately we couldn't charge people to come to it so we had to go in a reverse route which means we have to do these segments and tell people and thank them individually essentially so anyway, I want to thank everybody. Go to Dvorak.org slash NA and continue to help us out. Also, Channel Dvorak and, and uh, NoAgendaNation.com and uh, NoAgendaShow.com and hit the donate button. It would Dvorak.org slash NA. Thank you for the love. Thank you. I really mean that. It's your birthday, birthday. Congratulates himself, uh, turning 33 on Friday the 13th. Whoops, some magic numbers there. Thomas Gardner, happy birthday to his uh, son Benjamin, who turns one today. And slowly counting down his $9.2 million worth as a human resource in the United States of Gitmo Nation. And Bill Hutchinson congratulates himself, turning 35 also on Friday the 13th. Happy birthday on behalf of all your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. And then we have uh, a knighthood, which is nice uh, hey. to, to have uh, a knighthood. Where's your blade? Yeah, it's coming. Okay. David Overbeck, please step forward and kneel. Thank you very much for uh, finally donating the extra 333.33 to get to your knighthood. We highly appreciate it because it is sincerest form of love, and therefore we proudly present thee with this ring and pronounce thee Sir David Overbeck. Night of the No Agenda Roundtable. Not just the ring, my friend. How about some hookers and blow, some rent boys and Chardonnay, and hot pants and booze right here for you. Enjoy! Uh, I saw an email from one of our knights who received his ring. Did you see that? Uh, no, tell me about it. He, and he, had, he took a picture of the, uh, the package that it, that it comes in. Uh, I gotta say, our shill, Eric the Shill, is a genius. So he sends this thing off, 
And because, uh, you know, we, we run a, a cheap operation. You know, we, we got a, you know, these rings are they're valuable, of course, uh, not just in actual monetary value, but, you know, it, it takes vibes, man, quite a bit to get it. Uh, when he sends them off, he puts them in like a cheap ass pouch and puts on it value two dollars for customs. Oh, because he said shipped it overseas. Yeah, for customs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you do. Genius, I say. Yeah. Genius, I love it. <laughs> value two dollars. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right, everybody. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again to do something very important. Ask Adam, ask Adam, ask Adam. So I'm watching the uh, the cable news, the cable channels and off the Dish Network. They're all the same. Everyone's got them. And I've decided and they, they, they've all sold out. So they don't, you know, so the History Channel, instead of having, you know, stuff about history now, they have crazy shows that have nothing to do with history or and they don't even want. And then if you look, there's no more Hitler documentaries. It's all just junk. Damn, no more Hitler documentaries. So the Ask Adams, which is pretty bad to begin with, but the Ask Adam today is I'm going to name some some TV shows on Mm -hmm. the cable and you're going to guess the network. Oh, okay, All right. Good. I like this. I'm going to start with an easy one. All right. Let's start with this one. This is the name of the show. You tell me. Guess the network. Guess the network. Aaron Burnett out front. Uh, CNN. Exactly. So you you get the hang of it. Yes. Okay. Okay. What can I win? Uh, you win a prize. Okay. <laughs> a mouse okay, pad. So let's get let's get to. Let's, I'm not going to get too hard right away, but let's try. Okay. You should be able to get all these. Because you can associate, like the Erin Burnett thing, you know she's on CNN. It was easy. It's the way they all are. Dog the Bounty Hunter. What channel is that on? That is on... And no cheating. No, no, I'm not sure. I think it's... uh, Is it Bravo? Arts and Entertainment. Ah. A&E. Okay, I'm sorry. Dog the Bounty Hunter is obviously an art show. I'm not sure. (laughs) Well, it's Arts and Entertainment, so it can be on A&E. It can be on the E part of A&E. Manhunters. Manhunters. That would be Discovery. Bio. <laughs> okay, here's, a, here's an easy one. Larry the Cable Guy. Does this include, is it only, is it only cable networks or does it include big networks? It's, this is the cable networks. And the, Larry the Cable those. Guy is on the E Network. It's now on the History Channel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, get you I'm sucking. I'm sucking. Can people play along at home? I'm gonna b- b- j- j- kind of down gear it a little bit for you, so make it a lot easier. Mob wives. That is uh, Bravo. VH1. Oh. Sons of guns. That is on. Oh, I know this. Uh, Discovery. Oh, you got one. Yes. It's a gun show. It's a gun show. You think I might have seen it? (laughs) I cloned my pet. I cloned my pet. Uh, The Food Network. (laughs) Now you're getting the idea. But no, it's the the learning channel. Uh, And actually, we have an I clone my pet clip. You might want to play as a little interlude here. It's uh, a woman about the chicken sandwich. Oh, my goodness. All right. My name is Danielle. This is my dog, Trouble, who I would love to clone. He was the love of my life, and I want him back. 
I usually come in this room and I say, hi, trouble. Hi, trouble boy. How are you? He came first before anybody. He came first before my husband. He came first before my parents. Nobody else mattered. <laughs> he was like the child that I never had. And I probably did treat him better than people treat their children. <laughs> well, it's three years after Trouble's death. <laughs> and Danielle still can't throw away anything her beloved Trouble touched. I have a piece of chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that's Did you the edit show. that, no, or, that's that a, or was that how Obviously, this... that's an important TLC show, Learning, Learning Channel. Channel. Learning learn Channel. A lot. Yes, very important. Okay, so as we continue on, <laughs> Surviving Alcatraz. Surviving Alcatraz. That is CNBC. Wrong. Uh, let me give you another hint. Uh, for the sa- same network. Drugs, Inc. I thought that was CNBC. I thought that that's all yeah. the stuff that they do at, at night. It's the kind of stuff they do, but now that's being done on this channel. This where's program is last night. These two shows, one after the other. National Geographic. <laughs> <laughs> this what is, is wrong with these? Okay, let me give you one. This would be I, easy. I love this. This is a great game. I'm going to give you a whole bunch of shows, and I'm, you just name the channel because it's, it's pretty obvious, and you hear... Killer Ants is a show. Mutant Bees is a show. Uh, carnivorous ants is a show. Oh, this must be what, National Geographic. What the ancients knew. National Geographic. All these shows. Are you saying National Geographic? That's a good guess. No, that's Science Channel. <laughs> so, the, to, so to completely dumb down the public, we have killer <sighs> bees and mutant bees and killer ants. This is a big science show. Okay, let me let me. This will be the last one. Okay, ready? I'm ready. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, instead I'm of ready. dragging it on, I'm going to name a bunch of shows and you tell me what this channel Okay, is. all right, good. Out of Control Drivers, Motorcycle Manhunt, Wreck Classics, and Prom Queens. Um, that's, I think that's all TLC. The Green Network. <laughs> <laughs> How much are we paying for this wonderful package that you uh, that you have time Out to watch? controlled drivers. How is that green? <laughs> <laughs> are you sure these There's are... There's not a green show on the green network. These guys all give up. They have this great idea. Let's do a green network. And then nobody watches it. So what is Toddlers and Tiaras on? That's on TLC, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. And, th- and you know what the other one... Uh, so here's the shows out of that genre that I like. Uh, I always watch uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills uh, when I'm cooking because I know Camille because she used to be uh, a dancer on Club MTV and she has like 20 boob jobs and she would screw the director to get close ups and she, and it's just hilarious. Okay. To, that's funny. Well, that's a reason yeah. to watch. I watch um, uh, Dr. Drew's uh, Celebrity Rehab. You know what channel that's on? Celebrity Rehab? Oh, no. Bravo. V- VH1. Of course, oh, okay. it should be on Video Hits 1. Yeah, uh, I love that because... Video Hits. Yeah, it's, 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 it's MTV channel. I love Dr. Drew because I also know most of the people who are on that show. I, I do like watching reality shows with... Well, I know the people like Tawny Katane. Uh, we got the guy from Guns N' Roses. Uh, it's funny. Uh, uh, insane. Then I watch um, Bridezilla's. Oh, yeah. I don't know what channel Bridezilla's is on. Uh, so I miss it most of the time. And this other one, which is Gypsy Weddings. Have you ever seen that one? That's on, uh, I think that's on TLC. It's just insane. It's just, if you if you skim through the channels, which of course we do from time to time. I don't know, I mean, 
I'm paying a hundred bucks, 120 more. I'm paying all kinds of money for this crap. And it's, and you're right. It's all bogus, bogative. The whole thing it's is bogus. ridiculous because, uh, does that tell us, you know, anthropologists are one thing to say, we've uncovered this cable programming box. <laughs> from the year 2012. Let's see what's on the green network. <laughs> the, the time when people are very concerned with uh, global warming. They even had television channels like the Green Channel. What did they have on the Green Channel, Professor Dvorak? Uh, great car wrecks. <laughs> Out of control drivers. Yeah. Motors, wreck classics. <laughs> uh, by the way, the wreck class or wreck chasers is wreck chasers. <laughs> And it's with about two female tow truck drivers in Cleveland. How is this green? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what has it got to do with green? Nothing. They used to have emerald cooking green on the. On, I don't even know if he's on there. They've essentially he's too highbrow. He's too high. He's too highbrow. You can't have emerald on on television anymore. <laughs> he's too good. Anyway, this is. And by the way, that's part of why we don't do video. On this podcast is we want people to listen to us, to imagine, use your theater of the mind, your imagination, like reading a book and drift away and think about things and not be distracted by by me with the headphones on. How boring would that be? John eating his grapefruit. By the way. Yes. You've said it before, which is the uh, you you get a lot more out of just watching the audio without being distracted by the video. There's. There's a lot of subtext that we pick Ooh, up on. A lot. When yeah. I'm doing clips, I'll often discover something I really didn't take the clip for. I'll listen to the clip because I'm just listening, and I say, "Oh my God, what did he say?" And I'll find yep. like yep. you know some neural linguistic programming, oh, yeah. some oh, crazy yeah. way of putting things. You can't do that if you're lo- watching. Did you? Uh, so here's here's something that the audio. Now, did you follow up on this uh, two to the head from this Polish colonel? Did no. you hear about this? No. Oh, my goodness. Well, I did. No. Okay. So this is um, a callback to uh, when, this, when the, the Polish, half the, half the Polish government, more than half, was killed in a plane right, crash. Including the head guy. Yeah. Uh, 90 people uh, go, flying to Russia. And then you'll recall us playing the video of uh, of people being shot who were out there alive. There yeah. were survivors, no. and they were being Never, shot. Nobody covered it, but it was clear what was going on from the from the uh, from the clip that was posted. People were being shot on the spot. So now there's this colonel who uh, is the investigator. Uh, investigating the journalists who were propagating, of course, these horrible lies. And this is this was on the BBC. This this report, you just got to listen to the whole thing. It's crazy. The conference was tense. Military prosecutor Colonel Mikolai Pashabil was defending himself and his office against allegations of spying on journalists. Journalists reporting on the plane crash that killed the then Polish president, Lech Kaczynski and his wife and more than 90 others in 2010. During my entire service as a civilian and later military prosecutor, I have never brought shame to the Republic of Poland. I will continue to uphold the honor of an officer of the Polish Armed Forces. Thank you. Please give me a five-minute break. I need a rest. Having cut the news conference short and with the camera still rolling, Colonel Peshawar steps just out of view. Listen carefully for a round being chambered in a weapon. Moments later, 
a gunshot. Coś powiedział, był strzał. There was a bang here. My first suspicion was maybe somebody had been shooting at the prosecutor, standing by the window. However, we started to look for the prosecutor, Bishabal, and we found him lying under the table, laying on the floor in a large puddle of blood. And then we started to suspect he had probably tried to commit suicide. So, how crazy is this? What? So, how did I miss this? But it gets even crazier. So, so, and you actually see the guy walk off camera, and there's no cut that I can see in the shot. You hear the round being chambered, and you hear the shot, you hear the gun drop, you hear you the... You think bu- it would be chambered beforehand. Ah. This is almost like in your oh, face. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, it gets even better. The bullet that could have been fatal went through the side of his cheek. Animation on screen. The prosecutor was taken to hospital for surgery. It was not a serious operation. We've operated on his cheek injury. I think he will leave the hospital within the next few days. Speaking from his hospital bed to local media by way of telephone, Colonel Prashobil told reporters what happened and why. I aimed incorrectly and the shot was fired a bit too fast. The bullet went through my cheek and not to my head. I was too hasty. So here's a military guy who's who's like, I'm going to kill myself, and he misses his head? Come on. And then when you see him lying face down, spread eagle, if you shoot yourself in the head, you I don't think you necessarily fall face down, spread eagle under the table. This whole thing reeks of bull crap, and he missed. I'm so, I, I, I wanted to kill myself, but I missed. Huh? Yeah, and so he shot himself in the cheek. What did he put the gun to his cheek? Yeah, apparently, and it, and it went out his it went out the and back of his was cheek. It, why was was a, gun, a bullet being chambered? Yeah, that's the that's what the one. A, what was he shooting a? What, 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 the whole thing doesn't make sense. Well, we do. And know, do we know that's him talking? It seems like he no, won't be talking for a while with that. Oh, the, after that operation, there's even more of the report if you want another thirty seconds. It's just it's just crazy. He said he was tired of being a target of the gangs he was prosecuting. I could come to terms with the fact that they demolished my car, that they unscrewed the wheels in my car, that there was a prize of a million zloty for my head. I could come to terms. Was it a million, like 40 bucks? A million zloty? How much is that worth? I have no idea. I'll look it up. (laughs) The fact that they killed my dog. But I could not come to terms with the accusations of misconduct that were hurled at me. Asked by a radio reporter how he was feeling, his answer spoke volumes. Like a man, he said, who has just been shot. Jim Clancy, CNN reporting. I'm sorry, that was CNN. The BBC had a shorter report. The BBC actually had the same video, but they cut out the chambering of the round and the shot. Which I found interesting, because that's kind of the best part. I don't know know why they did that. So... um, I'm pretty convinced that uh, that the Polish government was killed and they were all assassinated. But then for this yeah, guy who was investigating reporters, like you know, people like you and me, and people who were shooting video of these poor survivors getting shot in the head, this is the guy investigating them, and then he shoots himself and misses. I mean, you know, I I don't have a theory or anything, but I just had to play it. I'm just like, wow, this is the crazy. Is about twenty nine cents. So, so it's, a, it's about $300,000. Oh, that's a good deal then. Yeah. 
Uh, since we're in the second half of the show, actually uh, moving quite along here to brisk clip. What do I always say about space wars? Do I not always say that we have no idea what's going on over our heads, that we got satellites shooting other satellites and all kinds of stuff? Do I not always say this? You don't always say it, but you've said it a lot. The New York Times now reports the paper of record. A Russian scientific spacecraft whizzing out of control around the Earth and expected to re-enter the atmosphere on Saturday. This is the, uh, what's the name of that thing again? The, the spacecraft coming down? Yeah, the one we talked about. We even named the show after it. We did? Yeah. Sputnik? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was a long time ago on the show. <laughs> uh, I think it was uh, episode 371. Uh, it was... Uh, oh, yeah, that crazy name. I can't remember. It's called um, uh, something stupid. We'll right. get it. Hold on a second. It's the something stupid spacecraft. Exactly. I don't know. Anyway, um, the Russian Space Agency director has said in an interview published Tuesday and republished by the New York Times, and you know they can't publish lies. Phobos Grunt. Phobos Grunt, thank you. Quote, we don't want to accuse anybody, but there are very powerful devices that can influence spacecraft now, Mr. Popovkin said in the interview. The possibility they were used cannot be ruled out. He also suggested that equipment on the spacecraft may have broken down while the vehicle was stored on the ground. Uh, But in that case, it never would have launched. He would have thrown it away. So he's uh, essentially saying that when this thing, Phobos Grunt, was out of range of their own radar, because, you know, there's a dark side or whatever, then they're out of radar contact, that that's when... Uh, some power, something weird happened. Some powerful device that can influence spacecraft, which now apparently exists, was probably used. The possibility cannot be ruled out. I love, no. I love it. I love it when the New York it Times won't quite corroborates. Quite make an accusation, but it's pretty close. Well, can't we just uh, say the New York Times should be wearing tinfoil hats? Hats? How come no one like ridicules them for that? I don't know. Because mm-hmm. if it was Ron Paul, it would definitely be ridicule worthy. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Iran. Got, by the way, there's this, this thing's interesting because it has something like, I don't know, 80 tons of hydrazine in it or something. It's got like a huge tank of fuel. Yeah, hydrazine is not good for you, I think, is it? No, but, I, you know, and I was thinking about this. Now, I don't know the likelihood of the thing actually coming down and being in such a, a the kind of shape where the hydrazine tank would be intact. And I actually expected the hydrazine would blow up mm-hmm. on, on re-entry because mm-hmm. it would heat up, right? Mm-hmm. And then the whole thing just... So it should be a spectacular explosion in, the, in space. Nice. That would be visible from Earth. Saturday. No one has said anything about that. No. Because uh, it's not good form when your government blows something out of the sky to draw attention to it. I guess that, that's probably a good, that's a good rationale. <laughs> right? And they don't know where it's going to land. They think it may land in the No, Indian they know Ocean. exactly where it's going to land. Don't you remember where? that whole conversation? They had the, oh, yeah. the exact coordinates because they yeah. shot it out. They know exactly what's going on. We're just idiots. We're just stupid, lame-o idiots. Well, the Russians aren't going to put, uh, they're not going to be happy. These things cost money. There what's, must be something about the Phobos grunt because it's just floating around in orbit. It must have not been a Mars probe at all. Well, here's how the, here's how, here's how the meeting went. Hey, hey, John. The friggin' Ruskies, man. They sent this thing up, Phobos Grunt. I hate that name. Let's nuke it. 
<laughs> stupid <laughs> name, stupid Ruskies. Hey, we can. This will give us a practice because uh, yeah, it's going to be on the other side. It's going to be dark. All right, for an hour. Shh, shh, here we go. We can shoot it down, yeah. and no one will know, and it'll give us good practice. Good, we got it. <laughs> All they can do is make me vague accusations. They yeah. won't know. Yeah, they, they won't really know. So, um, Lucifer Clippity Clop in the news uh, quite a bit today. Of course, not actually really in the news. Uh, little clips here and there. Uh, I, I always uh, watch the full videos if they're available on C-SPAN or uh, on the state.gov website. Also, I had to figure out the UN website. Have you ever tried to figure out the United Nations website? It's a nightmare. My goodness. If you just want to find a video, it's like it is a nightmare. So first of all, here's a Lucifer with their signature move. Clippity-clop. Clippity-clop. Now she's on the carpet. Quiet. And then clippity-clop. We're off the carpet. Clippity-clop. Yeah. Hello. And go ahead. (laughs) 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 I'm Lucifer. (laughs) So what does she say? Well, um, of course, uh, we have to do a couple of... uh, a couple of things here. We uh, we have to first understand that there's been big news in uh, in Gitmo Nation, Irania. Right now, the Tehran deputy governor has already put the blame on Israeli uh, forces as carrying out this attack. But what do we know about Professor Mustafa Ahmadi in terms of what his work was? What did he do at Natanz? So this is about uh, the amazing story that. I think for the third or fourth time now, a nuclear scientist in Iran has been assassinated. Yeah, and this one was done in a James Bond style. Yeah, apparently people saw two guys on a motorcycle go up, drop side, put a black ma- motorcycle and black outfits with him. This like Tom Cruise, and he puts yeah. a magnet. You know, and so one guy's driving, the other guy puts a magnetic bomb underneath the car. No, I think he put it on the side of the car, didn't he? I thought it was underneath the car, which no well, one... It's going to be hard to do that. I the think driver, just to I mean, drive by and put a magnetic bot on Why don't you just drive by and shoot the guy in the head? Why do you have to yeah, go through... this is more fun. <laughs> it looks better. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, this is, this is not a foreign operation. You know, I mean, these nuclear scientists disappearing and dying, I mean, that can have nothing to do with any other country. And do we know anything about this scientist? Well... Uh, uh, for the time being, not, not a lot have been released uh, regarding this guy, but uh, in the last three years we have witnessed uh, exactly similar accidents in Tehran. In, in all of them, uh, the Iranian officials have accused Israeli to play a key role in doing these attacks. Two years ago, Professor Ali Mohammadi was killed, and last winter, exactly last winter, another guy called Shahriyari was killed in exactly the same accident. Uh, and in all of these um, events, it was uh, the Iranian intelligence service who pointed to Israeli intelligence service, accusing them of playing a key role in killing Iranian nuclear scientists. So this is a script, ladies and gentlemen, uh, which I think belongs on the Green Channel. It's so poorly written. <laughs> the green so the channel. whole idea is, you know... This is the back and forth, back and forth. Oh, you did this. Oh, you killed our guy. Oh, you sunk my battleship. And then Lucifer has to come out and say this. Um, I think it's important to recognize very uh, clearly that the provocative rhetoric coming out of Iran in the last week has um, been quite uh, concerning. 
Uh, it has uh, caused us and many of our partners in the region and around the world uh, to reach out to the Iranians uh, to impress upon them uh, the provocative and dangerous nature of uh, uh, the threats to close uh, the Straits of Hormuz. This is an international waterway. The United States and others are committed to keeping it open. Uh, it's, it's part of the lifeline uh, that keeps oil and gas moving around the world. Uh, and it's also important to speak as clearly as we can uh, to the Iranians. Notice how her voice goes up. Do you notice that? It's also important to say, as clearly as we can, because uh-huh. it's important, please pay attention. Uh, this, is your, this is your news bite for the 6 o'clock news. And uh, to the Iranians about uh, the dangers of this kind of uh, provocation. Uh, having said that, I want to categorically deny any United States involvement in any kind of uh, act of violence inside Iran. Uh, we believe that there has to be uh, an, an understanding between Iran, its neighbors, and the international community uh, that finds a way forward uh, for it to end its provocative behavior. Uh, end its uh, search for nuclear weapons and rejoin the international community and be a productive uh, member of it. Well, here's the timeline, by the way. Uh, The Iranians capture an American alleged spy who has an interesting background, by the way, which makes him kind of sound like a spy. Uh, We rescue a bunch of Iranian fishermen in two different incidents. Yep. They take the spy and say we're going to kill him yep and, and then, then we kill this then guy we, can we can we kill some other dude right exactly it's like okay it's, uh, it's like even tom cruise would say you're kidding me right you don't really want lame. this as the, you can't really have this as a script for mission impossible 5 this is dumb it's to, i mean we need some, i mean we need something good now we need something flying around towers we need you know, people jumping out of helicopters. This is no good. This is a very, very lame script. Yet it is being played out. It's being played. And if the thing about the spy, which is interesting, if you look into this guy's background, so he's going to go to Iran. He's an American. Goes to Iran. Apparently, he's a very interesting character. He's very talented. And uh, to see his grandmom. <laughs> So he was obviously... Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just going to see my grandmother. Hmm. So we don't know anything else. He went in, he got in okay, and then they said, well, they set him up, or maybe he did something. I don't know. I mean, we don't get the real story about any of this, but the guy gets arrested and and condemned. They they will let him go, But the timing is beautiful because we've got all these Republican douche knuckles uh, running for the primaries, all saying, oh, Iran! And there's Clippity Clop saying it or so. Stop making nuclear weapons. Stop making nuclear weapons. Stop well, making the worst nuclear part is, that, is Santorum, who is a bloodthirsty jerk off, if anyone is, and he goes on and on about, in fact, I don't know if I have a clip of this, where he goes on and on about how we should be killing these guys left and right. Uh, Santorum on assassinations? Yeah, play that, and then I'll, and that's, yeah, that's the one, I think. We've got problems. There was a nuclear scientist who was killed in Iran. Iran says it was the United States who did it. Um, the United States has condemned it. Britain has condemned it. Israel has said nothing. So there's a lot of <laughs> suspicion that Israel uh, was responsible for his death. But 
That's the guy, the, the person who doesn't say anything, that's the one who farted? Is that basically what that news report is saying? <laughs> hey, man, Israel, you're real quiet there. Did you fart? I think Israel farted. Things have certainly heated up. If you were president of the United States, with Ahmadinejad visiting just uh, down the road a little bit in Cuba and all that going on in Tehran, what would you be doing differently tonight than uh, President Obama's doing? Well, I would have, I, I've already made a public statement that any nuclear scientist, particularly any foreign nuclear scientist who's cooperating with the Iranians in developing a nuclear weapon program would be considered an enemy combatant and I wouldn't, I would be doing what Israel was, would be doing tonight, which is saying nothing. Would you have participated in trying to eliminate him? Uh, I'd be saying nothing right now. Uh, this is, would you have been, the, would the, you have been behind his elimination? Would you have I mean, would you, well, I mean, there are different ways to go after the program. One is to take out their plants, another is to take out their people who are involved in them. I think that this is a this is a the most serious threat to the security and stability of the world that we have today, and we should be using uh, all types of methodologies to stop that, including uh, taking out people. And I've, I've said specifically, foreign scientists who come into Iran for the purposes of helping them to develop a nuclear uh, weapons program. Uh, these are people who should be treated like enemy combatants. Period. Wow. Okay, a couple of things. Couple of things here besides him being a douchebag. No, 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 no. He is the he is the supply that runs through the hose into the douchebag. So he he said a couple of things. He says a foreign combat. He says enemy combatant. Mm-hmm. Are we at war with Iran? Did, did we declare war? We've we been bombing. What's the deal? Let me check. I just let me check. Question, see, let me I, see if Congress has the memo. Let me see if Congress has declared war. No, no, I don't think so. Okay, so no. the guy's not an enemy combatant, except to, in this guy's brain. No, any any he, any he nuclear scientist. Em- he emphasizes twice, and and other. I have other clips of him emphasizing as if it were true. That this guy was a foreign nuclear scientist. Mm. He is not. He was a manager at one of the facilities. He's Iranian. So what's that all about? Poor guy. It's just to scare off the foreign guys maybe from coming in. I'm not sure. But it's bull crap. So there's something weirds going on about this whole thing. And and Santorum is, is, I don't know what his problem is, but he's got something. He's got walking papers or talking papers. I, I, I think he's, he's MK Ultra. Yeah, you know, he grew up in uh, in Pennsylvania. You know that Penn State, lots of pedo bear action. Maybe he was uh, programmed early on. Well, uh, uh, he looks like the type. Yeah, very, very scary man. Very, very. You know what Mickey said the other day? If that guy becomes the presidential nominee, I'm leaving this country. And I said, no. going back to Holland. I said, yeah, oh yeah, that hey, great. Be, hey, get a second. I'll be buying in there too. Just to, yeah, just so to that'll be excited. that'll be great. Go back this to guy, Holland. But you know, everyone sees that he's a he's a creep, and there's no way he can get anywhere. I mean, the uh, I mean, it's like seeing Huntsman. He's just a henchman, he's an insincere douchebag. He's he's so insincere. I'll be darned. And then he tweets out and that. So anyway, so we got these guys pegged. Enemy combatants. Yep. Anyway, so uh, of course we have to uh, stir it up a little bit more because we got to get ready, right? We've, we've got uh, we've got our guys talking about it. We've got uh, the Newt. The Newt is talking about uh, going. The Newt will nuke. We've got henchmen. We've got Santorum. Uh, we got to throw in some uh, uh, some serious stuff. 
Throw in some serious stuff. There you go. That's what we got to do. And how are we going to do it? Well, we have to prove that Assad is killing everybody, killing them, killing them, killing him. So they're still in the U.N. Security Council, of which our ambassador is Susan Rice, who has the ugly, ugly ass wide pant legs that she wears. You know, the ones that you could fit three legs into in each pant leg. It looks so, it's such a not a good look. MC Hammer. <laughs> well, to say that it's a foreign conspiracy is frankly an insult to the. Sorry, I had to set this up. So, so uh, Assad. An insult to someone? Assad. Assad comes out and says, uh, this is a conspiracy. We have uh, the foreign media. Uh, everyone's conspiring to, to kick me out, which, by the way, is true. It's exactly what happened with Libya. It's exactly what happened with Egypt. It is true. This, it is a conspiracy. And, and we know that these are all kinds of bullcrap fighters who are in there. And, and we don't have to see actual you know, high-quality video. It's all just fake. It's all fake. It's another fake war. And then Susan Rice has the audacity to say this. Well, to say that it's a foreign conspiracy is frankly an insult to the people of Syria who are, uh, yeah. are dying on the streets at the hands of their own government as they try uh, to express freely uh, their rights to peaceful expression and freedom of assembly. Uh, this is such a lie. Hey, where have we seen this? this it's, not, it's not true. There isn't, we have no reporters on the ground. No one is actually reporting on this. The, 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 the Arab League is like, oh, we can't find it. Oh, he turned the street signs around. Oh, they hid the prisoners. And to, to bring about through peaceful means uh, a better future uh, and a more uh, responsive government. The United States has been very clear and very forceful in its approach uh, to the crisis in Syria from the very outset. We've imposed tough sanctions on the Syrian regime. And Which is an act of war. We have uh, incrementally increased them. We have joined with partners in Europe and uh, in the Arab world to broaden and deepen those sanctions. Um, and we have pressed, as you know, uh, for a strong and meaningful response by this council to what is transpiring in Syria. Uh, we think it's long past time that the council passes a strong resolution that supports the Arab League and all of the elements of the Arab League initiative, including its call for sanctions. Unfortunately, uh, after a, a, a bit of an, uh, a show last month of, of tabling a resolution, the Russians uh, inexplicably have been more or less AWOL in terms of leading negotiations on the text of that resolution. We and many other members of the Council have offered a number of amendments. We were happy to engage in a process, but we thought that that document, the, the ultimate uh, resolution that might emerge from negotiations, had to be credible. It had to be comprehensive. We couldn't cherry pick among aspects of the Arab League initiative uh, that, that some may like and, and leave aside those that some may not like. We needed to endorse the Arab League and support it in toto. So a little long-winded, but I think it's important that, uh, that we understand exactly what is going on. So the Russians are still saying no, we'll have no part of this. This is bull crap. So there's a, the whole Russian thing is still in play. Now we have clippity clop and clippity clop goes one step. They had the meeting. Clearly, same talking points. She goes one step further while she's standing next to the guy from the Arab League. Uh, two weeks ago, Arab League monitors arrived in Syria to judge whether the regime uh, was keeping its promise to end the killings, withdraw its troops, release uh, political prisoners and uh, follow through on the commitments that it had made. So far, the regime has not done so. Oh. 
Uh, it claims to have released some prisoners, but thousands more are still not free. Dozens more are arrested every day. And here comes the kicker. Uh, we've seen the Syrian army uh, paint its assault vehicles blue to disguise military forces. <laughs> are you kidding me? Where's the I'm, please? Where's the Viagra rape thing? You've got to move on. You got to move beyond all the like. No, they the, paint. The, the, it's interesting though that there's a code word blue. Blue. Oh yeah. They, oh, this is uh, not by accident. They painted their 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 military trucks blue. Like, hey guys, we got to go kill some civilians. Hold on a second, boff. We can't do it until we paint everything blue. Yeah, because that's what murderous regimes do. As police to hide from the world uh, the full extent of its crackdown. Uh, just two days ago... No, because we can't see the actual crackdown. Oh, 11 of the international monitors were attacked. Two were injured uh, when their convoy uh, came under assault. But instead of taking responsibility, what we hear from President Assad in his uh, chillingly cynical speech. Chillingly cynical speech, John. Chillingly cynical. Well, chilling is, of course, a code word. You, you see that the left uh, uses it quite a bit, chilling. When you see chilling, you should perk up your ears. Yes. But chillingly is like, oof, I never, okay. it's like going overboard. So she's setting you up. She's making so sure. Not, uh, yeah, not necessary adjective. You know, it's setting you up because what she's about to say is, of course, completely crazy. Yesterday uh, was only making excuses, blaming foreign countries. Uh, conspiracies uh, so vast that now it includes the Syrian opposition, the international community, uh, all international media outlets, uh, the Arab League itself. Um, and I want to commend the Arab League for showing real leadership. Yeah, uh, I think he's probably right. Yes, the foreign media, all media is compromised. Yes, it's a conspiracy. Yes, you have techno experts in all these countries. You've admitted that, Lucifer Clippity Clop Hinton, you, you, you she well, devil. The, the question that comes up to, in my mind is what about Bahrain? We not only ignore the, which seems to be more problematic than Syria, the, the people's uprising in Bahrain, which is kind of like Tunisia. It's not, it's something we didn't like dream. We, it's not, it's nothing we're, part of so we you know we didn't make this happen but it's happening but let's just ignore it we just did the biggest arms deal ever yeah <laughs> with saudi arabia oh, so were, they could yeah. cr cr cramp down clamp down bahrain yeah there were a few questions so how is this how does this make sense to anybody who knows all these variant facts it's a scam yeah well uh it's, a, it's but, uh, wait i should say the new york times yeah Oh, today's oh, paper, oh, today's paper. Oh, oh, wait, has Syria moved up? Has it moved up to the moved up page front three page picture? Whoa, hold on. Let me go check out New York Times with a page 10 story, though. So <laughs> it's still kind of like what's the headline? The, what's the headline? Let me look at the online site. It's not real headline. It's a president. Syria's president makes rare public appearance. And they got a picture of him in this weird kind of a, it's a weird, crappy photo. But it's the big top of the fold photo. And it says uh, Assad waved to supporters in Damascus on Wednesday. He pledged to defeat conspiracies against Syria. And then you have to go to A10, where this is, again, I still think this is downplayed on orders. And uh, Carter says Egypt's military is the top story. And you have to go down to the below the fold to get Syria's president's defiant. Uh, and that's it. It's just a little story of four columns. The Arab League observer quit calling his mission a farce, is, a, is the pull quote. A fart? Farce. Oh. 
And it's a vague story. It doesn't just by not a... Maybe we can look up the writer and see I what's think going on. They're waiting for October. This is what it's going to be. Yeah, maybe. The October surprise. You don't know. Yeah, There's definitely no. something going to happen in October. So just to get the, you know, the... the uh, to, to rig the election. Yeah. All right. Oh, well. There yeah, you well. go. Yeah, there you go. More of the same. But at least, uh, you know, maybe, you know, John, maybe we could get our show distributed on... Like the Green Channel or something. It's, <laughs> I'm sure people would be happy to. Or National Geographic. <coughs> we could just have a. Excuse me. Just have, just have yeah. Just have a static image. And just us talking away. We'd probably get better ratings if our entire audience showed up. And all all five thousand yeah, of would them. Boost, it would boost them. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, from the I told you so files, uh, remember when everyone was like, oh, yeah, cool. Mayor Bloomberg. Yeah, he's he's outlawing smoking in New York. Yeah, that's great. Let's get rid of the smokers, you filthy smokers, you. And what did I say? I said, hey, you know what? You, you want to do that? That's fine. It's good. Yeah. F- smoking filthy. You hear me hawking and coughing. That's right. But if you let the government uh, out ban smoking in the open air, uh, what are they going to come for next? Here it is. Mayor Bloomberg coming after alcohol. That's right. Apparently, he doesn't know uh, the history of prohibition. Um, but uh, there's now a uh, a request for proposal document uh, that uh, the mayor's office has sent out about reducing alcohol retail outlets. So they want to basically license uh, where alcohol can be sold. And this is just the start of it oh, all. Yeah. Is the start of prohibition in New York City. Mm-hmm. And what does that usually lead to? Besides a great series on Showtime. A great uh, crime syndicates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Crime. Yeah, no, he's obviously, this plays right in the hand of the criminal element. Yeah. So That's what he's trying to do. He's, I, the guy's cr- corrupt in some funny way. So that, to me, means that he is a criminal element. All right. He's probably leading, he probably has a, a distillery somewhere. Or something. Yeah. Anyway. Don't kill the well, messenger. That was another enlightening show. Yeah. Well, did you have something fun to end it all with? I mean, I, no. I, have, I have nothing. I do have a, a little clip that we can play. It's very short. As an end of uh, show clip? Of, uh, of Cavuto with a, just a weird kind of homage to Ron Paul that was on Fox Business. Fox Business is a little more liberal than yeah, uh, it's 20, more real 20, conservative. Let's literally 8,000 people watching that. Yeah, it's it's very low. Yeah, and, but it, it, I would play that. It's kind of it's it's amusing because there's a punchline and it's definitely uh, okay. We'll uh, play it. We'll play it as end of show clip. All right. All right. Hey, uh, everybody! Thank you very much for showing up. Thank you very much for showing your support and love. Because donating is the sincerest form of love, right above cooking for someone else. And uh, we got a couple days to ramp up for the next uh, round, so thank you so much. Coming to you from Camp Mofo here in uh, the Drone Star State. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where it's take out the garbage day. Whoops, the garbage is gone. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back again on Sunday, same time, same bat channel, right here on No Agenda. to let you hear this. Yes. And the fair, right, and the fair. 
Those are largely kids going more than largely nuts over a 76-year-old dude talking about reining in the Fed and pulling back our troops. That's a crowd that usually isn't engaged with or by or anything having to do with Republicans. The same crowd, I suspect, might have attended some Barack Obama rallies four years ago, but not now. And then it got me thinking, now and then this, this does happen. If Ron Paul can draw that kind of crowd, the president's crowd, does he offset the support he's dragging away from the presumptive Republican nominee and his traditional crowd? Hard to say, this much is not. Ron Paul isn't only a force. I think he's a phenomenon. Way too early to say he still can't be the Republican nominee. Even early to say he can't make a go of it as an independent nominee. All I know is the libertarian is a hit with a lot of liberals. Liberals who want us drawing our troops back and cutting our spending back. Rowdy kids share that view. Kids Republicans have long dismissed and Democrats have long taken for granted. Not wise, not now. Not when Ron is the rage and the life of the party and poised to enrage both parties. 76-year-old dude treated like a rock star. Iran must not get a nuclear weapon and we will go about whatever it takes to make sure that happens. Why? Because donating slash N-A Dvorak.org slash N-A